only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Those are connected, and we'll just set this down out the way. Um, you want to have the lights and stuff going? You think the heat's going to mess with us, or we'll just go ahead and do it anyway? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does make a lot of difference, huh? Yeah. Brought everything in. Instantaneous. Mm -hmm. Pastor, stop by and see. All right, um, try to both. I guess we'll, um, we'll see if we could just talk. The, what, Mike? It's just like a subtle feedback. Where's that coming from? Feedback out of where? I don't know. You were, you was talking. In what, what, what? Oh, that's the phone. Okay. That's that phone over there. Check. Yeah. You can put the phone in a different room if it's going to bother us. Yeah. I mean, it won't bother me. Yeah, I'm put, just wondering to see what it is. Yeah, put it in. <clears throat> so let's do an audio test right quick. So let's try to just kind of be middle with it. Um, so we'll do that's the placeholder here. The image. It's the intro is only me. Ah, good. So we don't need only me. We just need podcast. Okay, so that's that. And we'll edit this scene. No, so here's everything I got going on here too. So this this program layers your stuff. Uh -huh. So it's just like if you had Photoshop and you're working with layers mm -hmm. or a video editing program, mm -hmm. you're working with layers. You want. Yeah. So I got that Zoom. I'm using Zoom right there. And so that's capturing our video. Okay, so this is Zoom, yeah. and this is sending into there. Yeah, you could put layers on top of to it. it, and you just layer everything. That's layer. This background is a. And where do you pull your layers in from? You just uh, pre here. pre made them up ahead yeah, of time. Made them. Yeah, made them on Photoshop, and just stacked them all in. The call in number at the top. You know, uh, the image around us. 
that's the image. The video ones is just a layer. You can do it's yeah, layers of videos, videos well. and you can add more. You can maybe cut us if you wanted and move it around, but you know you can do all kind of stuff. So looks good, man. Check check. All right, let's just check this and see. All right. All right. So how y'all doing? This is the True Seeker Podcast. So me and Dan are here having a good time. What's right. up, Dan? We got to project a little bit. A little bit. You got to got to talk right. a little bit. Not... All right. 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 <laughs> Daniel. <clears throat> Daniel, check. See if it's too loud. Check. Check. What am I looking like on the levels? I don't know. We're just certain, gonna, there we're gonna play back. We're good here. Just okay. talking over each other, kind of see. Okay. You know, I turned the mic up so make sure we're not peeking too. So how y'all doing? This is the True Seeker Podcast. Definitely peeking. Um, the third one up. It's a red one. Barely turned it to the left. Which channel? Uh, that the second one. Which second one? channel. Third one up. Click it to the left where it goes straight up and down. So I just kind of move the hair. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try it again. Talk at the same time. Talk over each other. Hey man, shut your mouth, bro. Don't be talking over me, man. Well, there's one What's thing up, that I man? wanted to hold touch up, on up, before we're up. there. Hey, before, hey. before we go, hey. we're gonna touch on one thing. You gotta hey. talk about it. <laughs> hey man, shut your mouth, bro. Don't be talking over me, man. Well, there's one thing that I wanted to touch on before we're there. Before we go, we're gonna touch on one thing. You gotta talk about it. Still hey, a little loud. It's gotta. Yeah, turn it there because I had this turned down too. Actually, grab that the top one, which is straight up, the black one, all the way, even a, right there. Yeah, turn it left or right uh, to the left to turn it down. It's pretty powerful, but yeah, let's try it again. Check one, two. We're going to talk about it. contrast, but We're bouncing off each it. other's voice. Let's see who dominates. The Bad who, Christian Podcast. Who can... Who can Talk the other guy. Check one two. Check talk about talk it. Contrast, but bad Christian podcast. Who can, who can, who can talk the other guy? Good. Check one two. Turn it towards you Check just a little. What is? No, this. So, bad Christian podcast. Who can, I think we're good with that, huh? Because when we're done, I can put a, a condenser on it where we're both level the same for the podcast like version. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and do this. So, so this is what I'm I do. Sure, I'm gonna share you. Uh, look, so look. Um, let me go live first mm-hmm. on Facebook, and you can share the Facebook that's or the I YouTube do. version. Yeah. So that's what gives me a second. See, as soon as you click live, it'll go to YouTube instantly. Mm-hmm. YouTube will start like that. Facebook, it's a weird lag, and you got to click start. He wants to make sure it gets the stream. Check that seven up. Talk to my boss. Spell your name again. O S C Z E P I N. Okay, I already started it. We're good. Need the audio we're gonna take call.
I'm going to do an intro. I'll just say hello and everything, and then I'll just uh, thank the patrons for supporting. Right, right, right. And then kind of. And then the intro, right? You do you do an intro, I'm, and then you. No, no, I want to do it live. Okay. No, I want to do it live. You just cut it and add it in later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Another episode of the Truth Seeker Podcast. If you guys are watching on video, I'm joined here by my beautiful guest in studio, man, Dan Oskopinski, here on um, sabbatical from Honduras. From Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> Fresh off the plane from Hungary. Yeah. yeah from Honduras. Yeah. From Honduras. He's a missionary to Honduras for anybody who does, doesn't know who he is. And 
we share a lot of similar views. Our paths are uh, have crossed several years back and coming to a lot of understandings together, a lot of awakening together. Um, confirmations. Just a lot of beautiful stuff and just, yeah, confirmation, confirming things in, in one another, uh, encouraging one another to step out in faith and, and just simply be the person that we're called to be, that, that person who is on the inside, who, uh, who wants to come out, and who who thrives when we when we get in those situations to be who we were created to be. But there's uh, you know coming from a religious standpoint, coming out of Christianity or the Christian Church as we know it to be some type of organization. Um, there's a lot of baggage that comes along with that. So um, today's show is entitled "The Path of the Christian Mystic," and it's it's geared towards Christians who are in this situation, but it's open to anybody, any mystic, anybody who's encountered the mystical experience on any level, whether it's lucid dreaming, meditation, uh, transcendental prayer, um, psychedelics, whatever. whatever direct the case encounter, is. direct knowledge, direct experience of the divine, and not just the intellectual belief or understanding. So, if you would like to call into the show, the phone lines are open been trying to utilize that. Not many people have been calling in lately. Used to, man. The phone lines would go crazy when we did this a couple of years ago. But now here recently, because I don't really I don't really promote it. It's kind of spur of the moment like we're doing this is now. A random, totally random thing. Random right thing. Now. So if you if you want to call in, if you want to say hello, uh tell us your stories. Um the phone lines are open. The number's streaming across the top of the video and in all the um descriptions as well. Give us a call. We'll be taking your calls in a little while. So before we kind of get into some some really deep subject matter, I want to thank everybody who is supporting on Patreon. And you guys know every time I talk about Patreon, you can give anywhere from a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month. And I always talk about this guy who gives thirty three dollars and thirty three cents every month. This is Dan Oskopinski. <laughs> yeah, and I almost felt like I was like I just got here to the states uh, two weeks ago. I was thinking I'm like, dang, I got to work and put some money in my bank because I don't even think I think it's gonna bounce if it if it goes oh, through this week. Jesus. But we got it. We got it. Good. Man. The Lord always supplies. Appreciate that, Dan. Yeah. Believe in the ministry. Believe in what we're doing here. Putting our head out there. Getting the knowledge out and uh, through the form of podcasts and the medium of music as well. So. Over there, if you support what we're doing, you become a member, you get access to unreleased music. Uh, as soon as I record it, it's done. I put it on Patreon for you guys to download and do whatever you want with it. And people message me every day, want to know when I'm coming out with new music. A bunch of new stuff is there. He does so, all the time. And honestly, man, you guys don't understand. If you're a fan of Truth Seeker, you're a fan of his art. Not just his art, the information he puts out. I mean, it, I'm looking, I'm sitting here in the studio right now looking at the different monitors and the stuff he got going on. You guys don't understand what it takes to put out a finished, polished product like this. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot involved in that, a lot of not just time and energy, but buying equipment, you know, investing in himself, investing in his studio and stuff. And it ain't free, you know what I'm saying? So if you guys, if you guys are blessed by hearing information that maybe you wouldn't, you haven't heard nobody else talking about these things. It's hitting your heart or it's confirming things. That's what I hear all the time. People write me in private and say, man, you're, you're speaking out, you're articulating things that I've felt in my heart for so long. I've never yeah. heard anybody else say what I feel and you're, you're speaking it out for me, you know? And so I know that, that that's what we do for a lot of people. Uh, my wife's trying to call me from Honduras. I got to get back to you, baby. But, um, you understand? So we live our life. It is, this is a lifestyle of sacrifice because it's time and energy and funds that 
we believe in what we're doing. We believe that this is our calling. And and like when you was doing a little intro, I was just thinking, you know, not not in any way of us on some kind of pedestal, but we we are some kind of forerunners in the in the sense that we were willing to put ourselves out there and be ridiculed and, and persecuted a lot for a long period of time. <laughs> and and we would have to have private conversations yeah. from country to country to encourage each other because at one point he might be down at one point I'm down like, man, I'm giving this up. I think maybe I'm going to go back to the church or, <laughs> yeah. or, or I don't know. It just feeling so alone, but we never quit. Yeah. And now it's getting to a point in time where honestly that part, that part of the struggle is kind of behind us, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now because we've been consistent with it, yeah. so many of you have been able to connect with each other. That's the weirdest thing too. I mean, literally hundreds of people we just ran into a guy at the gas station the other day. Right? Oh man! I'm not even from here. He's first he saw me. He's like, "Dude, it's you!" And then he's like, <laughs> "He's like, oh, it's Derek too." Yeah. And just connecting people, and and not only to maybe maybe you hear something from us, you're like, "Wow, I'm not alone." Yeah. But just from getting into our communities of people who are connected and vibe with each other, yeah. you really find out you're not alone. Yeah. You really find out you're not alone. As a matter of fact, this is quickly going to be accelerating more and more to the norm and yeah. what was held as normal that's that's yeah. going back in the past and we yeah. got to keep moving forward guys that's what this whole show is is going to be about we're going to talk about dan's encounters we're going to talk about my encounters and a lot of your encounters because we understand that our story is your story and that's why so many people resonate with it and that's why so many people reach out and it's insane. It's divinely ordered by God. And, and what we're doing um, is, is, is it has fruit. And like he just said, people reach out all the time. I got I woke up this morning answering emails from people who were telling me exactly what you just Every said. Day. And so it's a blessing. And I thank God for it. I thank God for the mantle he's given both of us. And we had to pay for it. And we all, every single one of us, we have to pay for the mantle and the anointing. People want some type of... Uh, uh, quick fix or like, mm -hmm. okay, tell me how to do what you're doing. And I'm like, um, prayer application, time application. And that's it. Seek God above all else, man. Time, man. And, uh, it, it comes with, um, just stepping out in faith. And so it's not like, okay, do this, read this book, get back to me in six months. And there is some of that that happens, but it's a process, man. And I, I thank you guys that you guys are along for the journey, especially everybody listening right now. Uh, the chat rooms are open. People are talking in the chat rooms on, on the different social media platforms as we're speaking right now. So huge thank you to everyone who has given at Patreon. If you want to get, get with us, man, and support what we're doing or what I'm doing, Dan, Dan has other stuff as well. You can support him. But for me, it's uh, uh, patreon.com backslash truthseeker. And you get a bunch of free perks and stuff, too. So I want to thank the newest member over there, uh, Carolyn Craighead. So I want to thank you so much for stepping out to support what I'm doing. You've been supporting the whole mythos of stuff that we've done for a while, but I just seen that you came over to the Patreon and became a member over there. So thank you so much for all the support and love. It goes a long way. And a lot of y'all drawn to the knowledge and information, the topics, the themes and stuff that we talk on. You might not even know that Derek is a, a music artist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you're like, you're really drawn into the conversation and then you're going to get an extra blessing. Like when he said, it's ridiculous because he give you the music, you know what I'm saying? It's not about him doing this as a thing or how, be a character and make money. Um, although he has a family and stuff to provide for, but he gives it anybody who is down and being supportive of, of what's coming out uh, through the podcast and through everything he does from the back door, everything that he does, everything that he creates, he's just giving it right back 
to the fans and supporters anyway. So, I mean, and you might just know him from the music and get blessed and drawn in. That's what we're really hoping. And that you're going to get rocked with a new angle and perspective and perception of Jesus Christ that you totally writ off and you discarded or you didn't want to hear nothing about it. And, and, you know, it's, we're out there fishing, man. All day we fishing, we're fishing with any good fisherman going to tell you, if you got two or three poles, you got a better chance of catching a, yep. catching dinner. You know what I mean? So, and it's about knowing the ones. And um, I think the, the reason we're even having this conversation right now or doing a podcast is to, to when I was having my awakening and going through some stuff that, Nobody at church could help me with. Um, thought I was going crazy, looking up people who can maybe um, give me some confirmation or help me with the process. And I couldn't find many people. There were some, but I'm thankful for the people that I found. And so this is just an avenue for people who are having spiritual encounter uh, that they can't explain, going to the next level in Christ and uh, feeling like you're alienated or you're by yourself. And that's just all we are. Just let you know, look, you're not alone. Any questions that you have, we'll try our best to help you answer them. But just to know that you're not alone, man, that goes a long way. Feeling like I think everybody goes through that. Even I mean, not even with the, the, the spirituality and the spiritual encounter, but maybe even like street preachers who are like, I'm the only one preaching right. the truth. And I'm the only one who wants to do this. And I'm the only one doing this. And we, we talk about doctrine and stuff like that and what separates us. Um, I always point out the example. Now, I was really big into uh, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, right? Uh And they have a really good understanding of the cross and how the the finished work of the cross changes us. And and, and that's how, you know, like we have that salvation through the cross. And that's their focus of their ministry, the cross. And I've heard Jimmy Swaggart get on the radio in tears, crying, begging that he would that they were the only church preaching the truth. Right. And that God gave them the message and they're the only church out there with the truth. And it gets into this elitism. And it's so legalism, you can't, yeah. you can't promote anybody else's church. You have to come to our church because we're the only ones right. with the truth. And My grandfather was the, a pastor of a big church and that turned into a cult. And the same thing, first it started out, there might only be uh, a million other true believers out there. And over time it got whittled down to there's only, a hundred five hundred thousand or a thousand there might only be a handful of churches and then like you said eventually it gets down to yeah. this thing it's only us yeah salvation is by coming in with us we're the ones who got it and honestly i know that it's part of the religious spirit you know and honestly i know yeah. that we've felt that at times and everything past, yeah but probably one of the things that's making me thrive right now and just rejoice daily in life is realizing i'm not this is so <laughs> much bigger than us like this yeah. truth is coming out and nobody can stop it yeah He's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh, all flesh, old, young, male, female, teenagers. Uh, we talk to them all the time. Uh, now, teenagers, different people hitting us, they don't even know what it is they're experiencing. Yeah. They're not even, they're not experiencing it in response to hearing the message. They're having experiences and they need us to help them understand what it is they're experiencing. So mm-hmm. there's no stopping this. And like you do podcasts with all the different kinds of people. I talk to all different kinds of people. I'm loving it. I've been bouncing around through Florida and I'm up through Alabama I'm going all over, and this, and we might have different. Uh, it's a diamond with many facets. Yeah, I can look from this angle, and I see yellow gleaming off of it. You're looking right from there, the same diamond you see in red bounce off it. That doesn't change the fact that it's still the same diamond. That's the key, you know, to be able to see that and to look at somebody who even may be different or hold a, a, a different core belief of, of some other things, but to be able to respect that and see the potential and know what the hell the body of Christ is and has different members 
the arms, the legs, the eyes, the ears, the mouth. And so these, these like people get on this um, elitist tip where they're the only ones who can do anything. But they like I, I respect people who are where I used to be. Like I don't look down upon them that you're not where I am. I respect the process. I respect the journey. And you're just as valuable there than I am where I'm at. It, it, you know what I'm saying right now, and it's a beautiful picture, and we got to be able to see it like that. We over, we wind up overlooking the only reality. Let's say you, I just met you. You know, we hanging out here talking, and I'm trying to sit here and listen to what you believe, so that I can figure out whether or not I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. And yet, I'm overlooking the only real thing I have, which is the opportunity right here, right now, to feel you and love you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And honestly, that's what it's all about, man. We can love each other where we're at. Uh-huh. We have our ideal. None of us are fully there. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds daily. Yeah. And as long as we can keep it real like that and understand, you know, this is a process. All of us are at different places on the process. And uh, a little bit closer. Um, so with that being said, the whole, the whole precept about that is like, what does the scripture say? Well, there's a scripture where uh, the disciples feel like they're all alone, like they're the only ones doing it. And, and what does the Lord say? I have, what is it, 700? 7,000. That was seven, Elijah. He seven, was like, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I have like 7,000 7, other prophets that haven't kneeled, the, kneeled to, to Baal. Baal. Have not bowed a knee to Baal. And you feel like you're the only one doing it uh-huh. or the only one who has the truth. And, you, and, and it does get lonely. And another precept in the New Testament. Well, see, that's why we've got to be able to discern the difference between the voices because it can sound so much, so righteous. But it might be the accuser of the brethren or the father of lies putting these things in your mind. You because know? that's that's the power that the enemy has or this negative force in the universe has is to get you by yourself and make you think that you're the only one. When get you, up when, in your mind thinking things when instead Jesus, of being the spirit knowing things. Jesus dealt with Peter. He said, Peter, be careful. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat and to get you off by yourself. This is Jesus warning Peter, but he said, but be of good cheer, for I have prayed for you. And so that's, that's what it is. Like when you get off by yourself and you get, become like this lone wolf, and I think it's part of the process. Many of you guys may be there right now, but that's part of the process too. So understand that there's like-minded people out there and that we, we need each other. We can't do it alone, man. We need each other. Exactly. We, had, we had some cool time last night fellowshipping with some saints. You know, and I like to say that, but just gathering different people from the, this local area, went out, karaoke, had a cool meal, went back to one of their houses and got in the spirit, you know, and just encourage each other, praying for each other. That's my message right now, whether it's, I mean, I've been saying it for a long time, but I just feel the intensity more and more and more that my message right now, and I'm about to go all over the country right now in a quick little trip, it's fellowship. And it's the necessity of fellowship. You cannot do this alone. It was never intended to be done alone. There's never any part of this was meant to be done alone. Christ came. He planted his church. On the first day of Pentecost, there was 3,000. And it multiplied. It said that they were added to their number daily and that they did life together. They ate together. They worked together. They fellowshiped together. They broke bread and wine. And they remembered what this means, that we're one. Oh, let me just take it and end on this thing. My Uncle Brian, love you, Uncle. And if I get any details of the thing off, you know, but he was a fundamental conservative pastor, uh, hellfire and brimstone years. He was a missionary out to the nations, you know, going out school of Christ and all that. And uh, a lot of stuff happened in his life, you know, where he wound up getting out of ministry and, and getting into the world, you know, and just not wanting anything to do with it for a period of time. And I started noticing about 
14 months ago, I guess, 15 months ago, I wasn't even in much communication with him. But I started noticing his name popping up, liking some of the stuff that I was posting. You know, I'm like, that's cool. And then I started noticing daily. And then I started noticing all day. But I still wasn't communicating with him. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't really, I was just, that's cool. He's watching me or something. But I didn't know that he was having his own awakening. He was having his own awakening. When I say his own awakening, I mean, he could sit here with me in truth and sit here and chop it up all day on all the topics that we kick around. Like he fully was awakened and, and shown, you know, this whole religious system and who he truly is and I am and who we are as the expression of God's love in this earth and stuff. And we were just talking on the phone the other night and he was going through some stuff. And, and at the end, by the end, you know, I, I was glad God tried to pick up his spirits and stuff. And the end of the conversation was just reveling in the fact that we are both the same exact divine being. We are both the same exact spirit of life, knowing itself through each other, you know, and we're just laughing about how deep that is. But about the fact that he at maybe 45, 50 years old and me at 35 years old and the completely different paths we took to get to that same revelation, nothing, they didn't even resemble each other. They had their own unique paths. But here we stood at the same revelation, realizing we're one, we're one being in spirit, you know what I'm saying? And, and we're inseparable. And you think about how many other thousands and millions of people who have come or are coming to this revelation. You know, it's not about this flesh. It's about the spirit of life that's inside of us. And there's only one. Let everything that have breath, <clears throat> praise the Lord. It's the Lord inside of us. And uh, it's just amazing that everybody's path is completely different, but the final destination and the end revelation is going to be the same. And that's what makes it so glorious, man. And we can't look at other people comparing the paths it takes to get to the revelation and saying, well, if your path don't match up to my path, you're wrong. And yet we're not listening to what they're saying and realizing like, hey, we're actually coming to the same final destination and revelation, you know? It's, it's those who are born of the spirit, though. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many people who, who uh, it, it talks about the, uh, the, the sheep and the goat just coming up together and the wheat and the tares mm -hmm. growing up together. So we're in religion with a lot of people who aren't born again, who haven't had this uh, encounter of regeneration. This uh, what Jesus talks about, the baptism of fire, which is a must. If you haven't had that, you need to get with us. The baptism of fire, which is a second baptism. You have the baptism of water and then the baptism of fire. And that changes everything. That's the game changer. And so we have people who, who, who are like book smart and book savvy, whether it is the Gnostic Gospels or lost texts. And they can kick around all kinds of knowledge, right. but there is no application. It's about the application of the knowledge. And without the baptism of fire, you're not going to be able to do that. It's all going to be theory. It's going to be magic. It's going to be manipulation. But to really be, it's as those who are led of the spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God, those who are led by the spirit. So it's not that you attend church or you're a believer or whatever the case is. You have to be born again. To be born of the spirit, to be the, the sons and daughters be baptized, of God. be immersed in, be submerged in, be, you know, unified and inseparable with that spirit and find your identity in that spirit. Yep. Hidden and lost within the person of Jesus. To, to, and that's what it means to die to yourself and to take up your cross and to follow him. It's not a literal cross. It's 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 symbolic. Mm -hmm. it's metaphorical you take it up because you're going to die upon it you know what i'm saying so 
with that being said, I wanted to kind of get into the beginning because we can kick around where we are now and there's so much we can talk about. But I want to talk about the process. I kind of talk about my process a little bit of not having anybody to talk to and then finding your tribe and finding your people that uh, can relate. But there is the dark night of the soul. There is this hmm. place of like, nobody gets me. Um, and then stuck in between. Stuck worlds. in between. Definitely. Because we're in the religious system. We have Christian friends. And uh, but then we were having encounters. Whether in my case, I talk a lot about UFOs and angels and spirits and demons and things like that. And, and now we're talking about mushrooms and stuff. And um, Dan has seen my journey and, and came into my life right on the cusp of crossing over. He checked me out years ago as a Christian rapper, mm -hmm. as a corny gospel rapper. And then, then, I, and then, then some I, years later, I came across another video. I'm like, yo, he stepped his game up. His videos are looking <laughs> tight right now. Several years later, he found me doing some esoteric knowledge. He's like, is this the same guy? Right. So from that process, from the Christian evangelist, the Christian rapper to um, whatever I am now, you know what I'm saying? Or just sharing the knowledge and not being afraid of it. You are I am. I am I am. <laughs> and so not being afraid to do it. But there is a man there. I can't talk about the hell and, and stuff that you go through. Um, wanting to be accepted from your peers. Just imagine, uh, you know, the stuff, the stuff that right. goes on. Inner turmoil. And I'll say this to cover my ass, and I did this on purpose. The stuff that we're talking about now, I and we would go to church services and Bible studies. I never, ever, ever, ever talked about this in public with people. I never went to a Bible study and tried to change the subject right. or talk about aliens or something. It, it, if anything was said, it was about people who seen what I was doing online because they are, you know, Facebook mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then they would talk amongst themselves and some people would mention it here and there. So I made it a point that I wasn't trying to proselytize uh, at the time UFOs or aliens or whatever the case is. And many of us don't. And I, I don't, I, and, and, I don't know if that's the circle that you're in and you feel led to do that. I don't. I don't try to push anything on anybody. At this place now, the people who are supposed to be there, they just come. Exactly. I don't have to go seek nobody out or, man, if I could. But I used to as a Christian. Like, I used to try to do that and try to, like, see how I can win this person over or change their philosophy right. to believe what I believe. Now, it's just out there and the people who resonate I with it, I they, mean, they you, just come. When you look at Jesus, he didn't do that. He didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we grow into understanding who we are, how the spirit operates, and like me and you talk about all the time, even just guarding our mind, being aware of our thoughts, paying attention to our thoughts, manifestation, all that kind of stuff, you start, there's two ways of going about this. you got the whole rest of the new age movement and the secret and the law of attraction and all this stuff, you know, and they'll be like, okay, so basically they don't know what they're they're trying to be mini gods, you know what I'm saying, outside the order of God, because they have the power of God in them, and they can create and draw and attract things into their life, but without wanting to be under, in an order and under subjection to a, a bigger plan and a bigger will that you want, that for you to be used in, so we wind up starting to try and create and draw to ourselves all this kind of stuff, and then you have those same laws, because it is law, it's universal law, you understand, but people can manipulate the system, that's sorcery and witchcraft, but just by walking in divine order and divine law of seeking to be in harmony with God and his way, you got to understand, like it says, when your delight is in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So you don't have to manipulate the system to, to get and draw and attract <laughs> the desires of your heart. He knows what the desires yeah. of your heart. As a matter of fact, he's putting them in 
your heart so that yeah. he can prove to you how real he is when he brings them to you and manifests them to you when you're faithful. Seek ye yeah. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add all these things unto you. So like now, whether it's the means to provide for my family, if it's the kind of friends, the people that need to hear certain things, I don't have to think about it all. He attracts and draws it to me mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And that takes the whole burden off of having to do. It's learning how to, and, and I am appreciative of Brandon, of many different people who have opened me up to this, and Andrew, who opened me up to the concept of resting, you know, of, mm -hmm. of just resting in the finished work. I don't have to do anything. John Crowder. I don't have to do anything. All I got to do is let him do what he's doing, and he'll bring me the situations, the people, the circumstances, and I just open my mouth and share what I got to share. And it's like so much easier than striving to make something happen, you know, mm -hmm. or even wasting time and energy on somebody that might not never even come into the world. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the thing that, that I, I think this is the principle I go by now is that um, you can, you can beat yourself black and blue trying to teach a concept to somebody or to try to change their philosophy or their way of thinking. But my understanding is this, is that you can't teach nobody nothing. I can't tell you how many times older Christians tried to like force me to believe stuff or you 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 know what you believe is wrong and the church doctrine is this and I'm not I'm not even talking about esoteric stuff I'm talking about regular biblical church doctrine saying my church is wrong and I'm right and stuff like that but um they tried to beat it into me and and corner me with the bible and, and I'm listening but I don't get it I don't understand it so I don't try to force it upon anybody I share it and understand that you're not going to get a concept. You're not going to fully grasp it unless the Holy Spirit teaches it to you. He is the teacher. And unless the, the, the Spirit of Christ reveals it to you, you're not going to get it. There's no, there's no need to try to uh, push somebody in one, from one season to the next or try to, you know what I'm saying? Like, try to, to make you feel better, like yeah. you done did oh, no something <laughs> and, and you don't even truly know that they did learn or, or accept it inside. There, there was so much of that going on with the, like, Elite, um, elitism in, in the Christian church where I was involved with and even through evangelism because you have to have the right doctrine. Like you can't be a Christian and say, well, I don't know or I don't believe because then they'll go to somebody who does. So even if you don't know the answer, you have to make one up, right? Right. Instead of, well, let's get to the bottom of it together. So there was he a, better have all the answers because we're all coming every week to listen to yeah, you. Yeah, they'll find somebody else. And that's what we see even in the fringe circles we talked about. <clears throat> Some of our friends who get into to, to fringe doctrine and things like that, and they're arguing amongst themselves. Me and Dan could totally sit here and pick each other to pieces. And he tells me all the time he doesn't get the alien stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I've I got other friends who talk about that. But we can sit here and pick each other to pieces about what we disagree with, what I don't like about you, mm -hmm. how you're leading people. Whatever away you seek, you'll find. Exactly. Whatever you seek is what you're going to find. But I'll tell you, when I did that, I was bitter. I was in a bad place. I was trying to draw all people unto myself hmm. instead of lifting him up and he let him draw all Satan people unto so himself. Man, making you even think you're an angel of light. And, that, and I can say that, man, I've been hit with some, some hard messages just listening to another brother preach and you just feel like they're speaking right to you. And it's like, oh my God, I've been doing that, you know? And they don't, they're, they're not even thinking about you. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I said, Brandon, many different times, yeah. he would speak on certain different things. Even I shut my whole ministry down in Honduras a year ago in part due to listening to consistent teachings about how, how ministries and organizations and all this stuff work and, and seeing like, wow, I haven't even been realizing, you know, or I haven't been realizing I've been doing that. Cause like, especially when you, 
when you are dependent upon sponsors or, or donations yeah. to live. I mean, I'm in a third world country with a family that don't have visas to come back here. So the carnal mind can start kicking in. What are we going to do? What yeah. are we going to do if, if people stop supporting? And, yeah. and you know how many different seasons we'd start talking about things in public and everybody who's from religion, they back up. We can't have nothing to do. <laughs> not only do we not support you anymore, yeah. we can't have nothing to do with you. And we're going to tell everybody else, yeah. watch out for you. And then, you know, without even consciously doing it, subconscious carnal mind start yeah. kicking in. Well, what are you going to do now? Yeah. How are you going to survive? How are you going to make this happen and start trying to be manipulative? There's, you know, man, there's pros and cons to it. And I understand where people are coming from. I was there. Then you were there. And I seen you go through it. <laughs> and we can laugh at it now, but really going through it, we're like trying to erase posts and stuff oh, and like delete videos. And, and you wind up being on this crazy pendulum yeah. swing because going double minded. You, you never were walked through it. It's like discipleship. Nobody was there to walk you through how to transition from one world into the next or from one paradigm to the next. So you get a a flash, you know, a, a, a awakening or a revelation on a certain thing you've been off on. And then maybe it's just personality types. I know I'm like that. You're probably like that. But a lot of people, I know that we're radical, we're extreme. And if we weren't, we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing right here totally, for so totally. many people. But I'm that kind of guy, whether it's health and diet or what, no matter what it is, I'm like, when I decide to make a change, boom, I'm running all in with it. But yeah. it's, it's unstable if you don't have a support system there. If you don't have other people there to hold you accountable, to coach you through it, yeah. you go on this long swing forward. And then when something happens, you know, or a, a critical situation comes up or whatever, before you know it, your attention was off that thing you were running towards and you're distracted back on here and that pendulum starts falling back, yeah. you know, swinging back the other way and, and fellowship and a, and a system of support and accountability is crucial, man, crucial in this transition. I think, uh, and I'm always talking about now how I love seeing people be their genuine self. And I have friends who do it. I listen to podcasts who do it. But to see someone living life and thriving, being themselves, and you don't have to, like, you, you're just you. What you see is what you get, the whole package, the good, the bad, the ugly. And to even make a living off of being themselves. We have friends, man, uh, who, who are doing this. And somebody who's big, who we always shout out, John Illuminati Congo, man, mm -hmm. who's, a, who's a, a huge inspiration. And to see him be himself and to thrive in that, no matter what you're doing, mm -hmm. man, I've got, I know dudes who and like, like my, 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 but John Illuminati Congo, like I might not agree with everything he's about. No. You know what I'm saying? And even, even that subconscious card of mine might see things cause that he's a shock value guy. You know what I'm saying? Now. And, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. but you'd be like, well, hold up, hold up. But when you, like you said, when you can, when you can separate the bones from the meat or the, yeah. or, or spit out the, the seeds and the uh, bones and stuff, you know, but still try to see the good, try to look for the good. And in that aspect, like you're saying, him totally embracing his uniqueness, his individuality, and the greatness of what we are in God and God through us, and, and not, be, uh, not care about the opinions of other people. And that's how you ultimately are going to draw more and more and more to you that are about what you're doing. And, and... The opinions of men, man. Um, but it, it is a hard process, guys. And, and I was talking to a brother the other day, and he was like, I just can't talk about that stuff y'all are talking about. Like, I want to, but I can't. It's so easy for you. You guys can do it. You mm -hmm. guys are good. Like, hold on, man. This came with a price, dude. Don't you talking about like it's okay for me. I'm still putting my neck out there. Like, if, that, if I have people who see, who know about this in my professional life, like, I'd be in trouble. 
Right. Like I really would. And they're like, oh, you could do that in your job. No, the hell I can't. Uh, and so we have friends who want to talk about it, but they can't get past the fear of it because of the professional life, the job life or whatever the case is. If their boss finds out they're on here talking about mushrooms, they're probably fired or going to be drug tested about this kind of stuff, you know? So people think it's easy or that, you know, there's, there was a price and it's still a huge price. It's not easy, but we understand the value of it. And because you guys won't do it, we have to, who else is going to do it? You guys are going to let the new agers do it and let them tell you all about it and let them lead you down all kinds of crazy paths. Cause they're damn sure doing it. They don't give a damn. We have to do it. And I, and I encourage you, I, I encourage this. I don't, I encourage that whatever is inside of you, whatever you, that God's calling you to do, and you've had experiences and you want to speak about them, you feel the Lord calling you, do it. Don't, don't be, be silent. Don't be scared to speak. Like, I think this stuff is so important. It's just as important as the gospel. You got to like, learn to trust that voice of intuition, you know, what's in you trying to call you to do something and trust it. I just posted the other day, without risks, life, there's no rewards yeah. that comes from a life without risks. You, you got to, man. Like, if, if we didn't, who's going to do it? There is, you know, in the Christian realm, there's nobody talking about this stuff, man. They're, start, they're starting to pop up now, but it takes to do what we're doing to give people the courage. So, like, you know what? They got a podcast. I could do a podcast. They rap about it in their music. Let me talk about the seraphim and angels in my music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you've got to get to this place of comfortability because comfortability in your knowing of who you are. Because if you even allow the shadow of a doubt of what somebody else says, you're not a real Christian or you're not, you're not, you're <laughs> not. And you're going to entertain that yeah. and accept that. Um, then you're not even sure. Yeah. But once you come to this place where you say, no, I'm sure. I, I love God. I love Jesus. Jesus saved me from my darkness. I'm totally, you know, a completely different person now. I, I have eternal life. I don't fear death, all this stuff. So, so the most you could t- come to me and tell me is you're not this, you don't believe the same things as me. That's fine. And so all of you who claim Christ, like, let's sit down and hang out. Let's chop it up. We'll, we'll focus on the commonalities. We can share what we're sharing. But nobody can ever kick me out of the club because you didn't bring me into the club. <laughs> and I can't kick you out of the club. So as long as we get that mentality out and realize, yeah. I can't tell you you're not a Christian if you're claiming Christ. And you can't tell me I'm not if I'm claiming Christ. So the most we can do is sit down and understand each other and, and hear each other out. And so like you said, if we touch on a sensitive topic like mushrooms or something, that don't kick me out of the club. <laughs> See, just because I believe one way about one certain issue, yeah. that does not negate all the other foundational fundamental truths of what brought me into this light. You can't, you can't tell me I'm not in the light just because we have a difference of opinions on something. And even if I'm wrong on something, there might be, you know, a little bit of fuzziness or shadow left that as I continue on this path and continue walking, he'll keep revealing things to me and refining me and purifying us that's what this path is but you can't tell me i'm not in the club because we don't agree on this point or we don't hold the same doctrine together don't it does not work like that as long as we realize that and know for beyond a shadow of a doubt nobody can kick you out of the club once you've got that in your heart nobody can kick you out of the family of god nobody no man can take you out of the family of god then you can have that surety in in your heart that, that comfortability and that confidence to start going ahead and being a little more bold and talking about things that maybe you wouldn't before out of fear because perfect love casts out all fear. The fear is 
if I say this or if I talk about these things, if I believe a certain way, I might get kicked out. Yeah. You can't get kicked out, brothers. I'm fully persuaded in my mind. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Wrong not life, eight. not death, not angels, not demons, nothing. Nobody, nobody can separate you from the love of God that you've been born of. If you've been born again and born from above, you've been born of the love of God. It's his actual life and essence that you are and that's birthed inside of you. No, nobody can take that from you. And that's what, that's what, you know, it almost got to get to this place of anger because uh, besides the depression, yeah. the doubt and all of that, you, you almost have to get to this place of anger too, because you're realizing these people in this system, they've been lying to you so much and making you feel all these things, keeping you from the truth, keeping you from the reality of peace and the rest of God, knowing that who we are in him, you know, and it's like, and you got to push through that anger too. You get to a season of righteous anger, but I don't even got time to be angry you know, anymore. No. All I'm trying to do is bring people in, into this truth that brings joy. Jesus said the whole reason, he said, yo, to his closest friends and disciples, he said, look, the point that I'm trying to get to you, the reason that I'm teaching you all these things, and the, the end all of it is so that my joy may be full in you and that you may be full of joy and remain full of joy no matter what life comes at you. Jesus' brother James said, my brothers, count it all joy. Yeah. When various trials and temptations and stuff comes at you in life, because it, it gives you the chance to grow in your faith and examine your faith, see where you're really at. So it's all about joy. So if what you're talking about ain't, ain't end all be all in joy and a manifestation of joy, I ain't got time for it. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that, walked through those seasons, but I'm in a season of joy right now. It, everything changes, man, when, when we go from that picking people apart and seeing what's different versus picking people apart to see what's similar or looking for the good in people. And, um, and I got friends who, who were there years ago and guess what? They're still there. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still, uh, in it, it's some, it's some kind of mechanism for some people too. Like they, they can't, they can't walk together to, to agree. Like they have to have that thing that makes them different than you. Right. And really there's nothing there when you're talking about like how we, how you get into the kingdom. You didn't do nothing to get into it and you can't do nothing to take you out of it. If you if it was something you know, and that's what Rome, the whole book of Romans, first nine not chapters, work is about. so that no man can boast. Nobody, it's not something you did on your own. Even the faith was a gift. Yep, the first nine chapters of Romans goes into so much detail about that, about the sanctification, justification by faith, not by works, lest any man should boast, because we can boast about our works. We can go here. Well, you know, I did this, I did that, and I did this, and I hear people doing it all the time, but I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. I, I, I asked him to come into my life and he changed me and uh, he sustains me and he'll, he'll contain, he's faithful and just to complete that work. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the truth. And uh, so there's nothing you, you could do to take that away, man. Um, but come coming into it, man, talk a little bit about, cause I know like, just talk a little bit about like, what was some of the first things that you started talking about and then kind of reneged on and started talking about and then reneged on and stuff. Cause there's, there's people there right now. When I, and like, you know, probably, probably an old one that we did with my testimony and stuff. I don't know. He might have up on one of the channels. So to side skirt getting dragged into all these, you know, you can go check out that one if you want to know more yeah. about my story. But um, when I went to Honduras, it was on a three week vacation that never ended. And I just was kind of getting into Facebook at that time. So I would just start sharing, you know, <laughs> what I'm thinking and making videos all along the way. 
and um, it's been almost eight years. So anybody who's barely anybody has been around since back then, you know what I'm saying? But anybody who's been keeping on, there's no doubt that it's been an evolution. Yeah. There's no doubt that it's been, you know, progressive uh, thing that's going on with me. And I've just shared every step of the way, which is, which is natural for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I couldn't open a Bible for about two years. I left organized church. I went, I seeking, you know, into every single kind of path and religion and wanted to know. And I, and I wasn't afraid anymore of asking these questions that when I would even hint at asking a question in church, I would get these faces or these responses automatically making me feel like I'm wrong, that there's even a question forming inside of me. So once I left the church and I started asking all the questions I wanted, I believe that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide me into all truth, would be my counselor and comforter and teacher and all that stuff. So, hey, I'm, I'm going to ask all these questions. Well, after about two years, and it, it did open Pandora's box. I ain't going to lie about that. It opened <laughs> Pandora's box. Part of it. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that I was coming into light because I was finding out about the Illuminati, about governments, about Masons, about witchcraft and darkness and all that stuff. I thought that I was being enlightened and illuminated because now I knew all this stuff and nobody else, when I would try to talk to them, they didn't know or care. Now where I'm at, I can look back and say, I opened up wide to darkness that people think is light because all it was was knowledge of darkness. I was learning all the knowledge of all the realm of darkness and how all this stuff works, but that didn't bring me peace. You know what I'm saying? My wife will tell you, I, I don't even remember back these conversations when we first were friends, but she'd tell me even in Honduras, that I was like, seem hopeless. Even though I'm having all this knowledge and information, you know, I'm like, I got to get this out to the world. I got to help share the light yeah. and truth and would wake people up. Freaking but when I'd out. be hanging out with her, this innocent girl that didn't never see Facebook or doesn't know anything about the internet or anything to her, what she was perceiving from me is that I was kind of hopeless and I didn't have joy and I didn't have love, you know? So there's a different light that we've come into. And, um, but after two years, I opened up my Bible for myself and what I found through Jesus and, and the message of Jesus and confirmed through the scriptures is what I already knew in my heart through uh, my seeking, my journey out into the world, through these other paths, through psychedelics, through all that stuff, what I came to believe that I was in God and God was in me, you know, and I was him expressing out in a physical form, you know, a living, a living life. And that, that was the same as everybody else and all these different you know, personal awakenings and revelations. When I went to the Bible, it really all started being confirmed for me right there through the scriptures, directly through Jesus. But it wasn't the message that I was hearing from the pulpits. You know what I'm saying? So I started preaching this message of oneness with God and sonship and kingdom and all that stuff. Um, but it wasn't received well. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I didn't have a covering, what authority when I started baptizing people, all these random things. I didn't seek to baptize anybody. I didn't seek any of these things. But the more I dug into that word, the more I believed what it said, what, uh, that it was about me, that what it said and what it was revealing, and even through Jesus Christ, that it was all about me because Jesus Christ is in me, you know, and I'm made new in Christ. All these things are about me. So what he said to go do, I started going out and doing it and preaching the truth, telling people how to repent, change their mind, baptizing and bringing them into this direct communion and, and connection with God. And the thing that should make people that are in the religious box proud and excited, like, wow, look at this move of God. This is great. And they automatically, like you said, start picking you apart besides how you look. You know what I'm saying? I'm not looking like in a way where it's accepted by many. But who gives you the right? Who gives you the authority? 
The same things they was asking John the Baptist, the same things they were asking Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Are you the prophet? Are yeah. you what? Why are you baptizing people? Who? Because Jesus said to do it. You know what I'm saying? Jesus said, that, I'm just doing what Jesus said. So I guess before I really got deeper into sharing mystical things and uh, things that would be touchy or divisive, even though I had my own beliefs and experiences, even along this way, only thing I was coming out and publicly sharing with people and preaching was to come into the kingdom of light right now. Heaven is available right now. Repent and cross over. Come into oneness and sonship. That God is your father and your direct. You don't need another man in between you and God. That right there from the religious uh, thing, we went through much persecution, much persecution over that. Um, but so just doctrinal things, you know what I'm saying? Ideas. And not that I was always right on every single one. And nobody is. And anybody who thinks yeah. that your pastor, your preacher that you've been, that you might sit under right now, that they've always held all the same beliefs. You know, that they haven't changed their mind on things. They haven't evolved in their paradigm over years. You're deceived because they're just like you. You know what I'm saying? And this is about growth. And this is about as we learn, oh, I was wrong on that, being okay with that and to embrace and accept it and discard what no longer serves you for the better. And to embrace, I was saying, even, even the symbol of the serpent, I share it all the time. People only, they hear snake or serpent, they think all these demonic negative things. But there is a really cool... Um, picture when you look at a serpent that a serpent a snake it cannot grow it cannot grow into what it's becoming unless it's willing to discard and shed who it was on a regular basis you know every so often it has to go through this period where it sheds who it was so that it can grow into what it's becoming but there was a there was a big time where we you know early on we, we were doing podcasts together i think like right after we met like within a week or two. And it was awesome how we met though. Cause we, you know what I'm saying? We reached out to each other online and then my family. Right a, before I left for Honduras, like literally a couple of days, your family came down to go to Disney. Disney. And you were in Orlando and uh, you came, you came to the hotel and we met and we fellowship, we swam, we had a couple of beers, you know, we, we hung out and um, we kind of built from there. And then you became a co-host of what we're doing now. Yeah, under the Awakening podcast, and we did several shows together. When we would talk about some fringe stuff, or have other people on <laughs> who weren't Christians and stuff, talking about crystals and Kundalini and stuff, you wouldn't share some of the stuff. You would do it, but it, you wouldn't share it. Yeah, because you had the Christian following. Well, and because at that time, at that time, talking about this pendulum, I had got so beat down. Yeah. I got so beat down by the brothers and sisters that I thought would be excited to see the reality of what they're reading in the book happening. And they wasn't. And they was constantly telling me, you can't do this. You got to do that. And um, just feeling alone. Like I said, I living in a third world country. All this would be happening every time I come back to the States, got a move of God <laughs> would happen and all this stuff. But every time I go back to Honduras, there I am all alone. Yeah. And it's hard to explain because sometimes you feel like, God, why isn't this happening down here or why is it and you have an expectations and it might not be the way he's lining it up but um because of some friends we had and because of you know people that we love people that we love but that are still totally mainstream way out in them big churches evangelical, evangelical movement yeah. and stuff um and that they out of loving us reached out with some opportunities to help us out but it was almost like that crux and that crosser and i don't want anybody yeah. if they come across this to take it the wrong way but I felt like I sold out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
I felt like, okay, here's a good opportunity for us. Almost a uh, security. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, if, if this church and we never had, we never had churches, a church back us like on a regular monthly basis or anything. And God always told me, why you keep waiting for that? Why you keep looking for that? I never told you that was coming. I never told you I was going to yeah. provide for you by that. But here was kind of like this temptation of something that was offered. I went on a trip to go just a possibility of speak somewhere. And within a week, it lined up like seven or eight different opportunities mm-hmm. to go to churches and fellowship of Christian athletes and all that stuff. And it was all good. But knowing that I can't be honestly and truthfully who I am coming into this and feeling like I had to put on a mask. And it was so funny even how it worked out because it was winter. And so I went up north and I had to put on, I, it was, I had to anyway, wear long sleeves, a leather jacket, I had gel in my hair. And I was just laughing the whole way like, hey, this is going to be like almost like a game because these religious people who, if I came up looking like this, how I normally dress, they would have wrote me off from the beginning and had a million different reasons of why to say no. It's like God was taking all that out the way and me looking a handsome, presentable man. And they're going to have to listen to what I got to say and judge whether or not they want to support me based upon what I got Mm -hmm. to say. But honestly, and it was all good, but honestly, it was just a bad move and a bad look. And I felt like whether it was my own self imposing this idea or whether it was reality or a blend of, I felt like I was being censored and monitored and I couldn't just come out and talk about anything yeah. I want to. And I'm a shock jock kind of guy. I'm a shock value kind of guy. And, and I just, I've always been that since I was a kid. And I like to use that to reel people in to then get them to listen to the more important things, you know, the deep undeniable yeah. things, but I couldn't do that. And I was just constantly being censored and backed into this religious box, you know, and like you said, dark night of the soul, man, being boxed into that religious box and being confined into it. It can, that can make you literally depressed or just, you know, places you don't want to be. I, um, when I was going back and forth, and I would go back and forth mainly because of my church brethren, like people I genuinely love and cared about, people who I would have a phone conversation with doing ministry and just having friends. And when we hung up, they would say, all right, bro, I love you, man. And it's a guy on the phone, and I have to be like, the only person I tell I love you would be like my mom or my wife. And I have to say, I love you too, man. Mm-hmm. But I'm think, but I mean it. I love you, man. Yeah. And we hang up. That's kind of weird for a guy. The first time you do that, it's, it's weird. So th- these were people who I genuinely loved, and I thought that they loved me. We had this camaraderie, this brotherhood. And then I found out that they're warning people about me, stay away from him. He's into Satanism. Like they made up all kinds of stuff, man. And maybe that's what they thought. I don't know. Uh, imagery and, and mainly from promoting different philosophers to and stuff. Well, Manly P. Hall, he's a Mason. Masons are Satanists. True seekers follow Satanists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. So I would go back and forth and then I would present myself to these people and act like I'm not into that stuff anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't. Exactly. And that's, that's partly why, like I said, I didn't talk about that stuff in person with people. Like I didn't go to Bible studies and be like, hey man, y'all, uh, anybody ever seen a UFO or something like that, you know? Um, but we'd go back and forth and it drove me crazy. And, but I genuinely sought God. And there was times where I did it on many occasions and you did too. You, you did a video where we burn our books, have all kind of 
expensive esoteric books from Manly P. Hall. I got stuff, man, from the 1800s that I freaking, I burnt and threw away, signed autographed copies of Manly P. Hall that I hate that I did. I have art pieces. I had a dude, a, a friend of mine who does airbrush work, do a mural of Manly P. Hall for me. Amazing. Phenomenal. I threw it away and burnt it, man. And uh, and all this stuff. And you, you get rid of everything. And many of us have been there in the Christian experience with CDs. And, and stuff. it's not that a good uh, a beneficial burst, you know, of of spirit come forth from that, you know. But. Well, I think most of us, this is this is what I say, is that I think most of us, we get into a place of maybe there's sin in our life or we're questioning and we want to get, we search our hearts and we get everything out of our lives that isn't about Jesus. Right. And so for me, if it maybe when I was in that mind frame could be maybe my video game posters or a crystal or anything. Crystal, man, that, there was a point where we got all of our, statues and pictures of jesus out like we had wood carvings of jesus and uh, necklaces and crosses and stuff we do everything all that's idolatry and so mm -hmm. you get rid of everything so you're in a place where you want nothing but god so you're searching your house and your heart <laughs> and maybe some things like manly p hall sticks out more the occultic type stuff than a video game or something but but trust me people have video game burnings too oh, at yeah. churches and uh, and you get rid of everything. And you, I've been there. You've done it several times. I feel remorseful for it now, but I respect the process. And but in those moments, I would genuinely fast and pray and ask God to search my heart. And if these things weren't of you, please take it from me. And I'd be walking in the spirit. I'd feel good. I feel like I got rid of some things. But shortly after, there was like, man, what? It, like this is who God called me to be. And I was still drawn to the same things. Uh, God still let me have my encounters for a reason. And I would feel like a sellout. Um, and I'm, I'm praying against it. God, please take this away from me. Like, I don't want to be drawn to these philosophers. I don't want to be drawn to these fringe people. But there's something in me that resonates so strong. Maybe it's demonic. Maybe what resonates within me is demonic. I need help. More fasting, more prayer. But it would never leave, man. And I always felt like it was God telling me, like, be yourself, man. Be who I created you. I put those desires in you for a reason. And I would never get away from that. As many times that I would fight it, I would always feel remorseful because of driving my wife crazy. <laughs> Instability, inconsistency. Saying one thing and doing another. Yeah. But you have to be yourself, man. And God made you and put the desires within you and made you uniquely fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and yeah, there's things we get into that we need, we got to examine our heart and we got to get some things out, maybe even for a season, but that place that I was in and you're, you've been there and I've talked to countless other people about it. I was in there about my plugs. I got crazy stories about taking my plugs and throwing them out the window or the interstate. And then the next day, come walking on side the interstate trying to find them. Mm. Like crazy stuff, like psychopath. Yeah, no, stuff. no, you know what I'm saying. No, and there, and there's and but and that's it sounds weird, but I've talked to other people who have had the same thing with their piercings. They threw their piercings out, and then they're going through the grass trying to find them. And I, yeah, I had I had like when I first was getting into crystals and stuff and stones, and I had a collection, and and I'm going through it one day, same thing. I'm out on the porch on the beach at our house, and I'm just like. Throwing them all down the beach, you know, and and then like a week later, you're like, oh man, I wonder if they're still down there. I you wonder if look. anybody found them or. Yeah, <laughs> it's it gets nasty, man. But it's part of the process, and I respect 
the process, man, because he does it. He sets it up, man. Yeah. It's all it's all about him uh, getting your getting your relationship with the Lord. And if anything, look at Abraham, you know, a test of the heart to see if you're willing. You know what I mean? When he was he was told to sacrifice Isaac, it was never that he was going to have to go through with it. You know, God, God had him. God had it all lined up. But sometimes it's just a test within ourselves to see, are these things idols? And like you said, if, if our heart is really for God, we don't even want it to be close. Yeah. We don't even want it to be a question. So sometimes if we start questioning, are these things idols? That right there is enough for us to say, destroy it all, because I don't want to be uh, in yeah. idolatry. Out of, out of a purity. And yeah, and out of a pure heart of wanting to be right for God, you're willing. Yeah. You know, you're willing. And because nothing compares, nothing compares to the relationship we have with God. And we don't want anything getting in between us. Um, but sometimes, like, look at Abraham. Abraham didn't really have to go through with it. You know, there was mm -hmm. a substitute provided. So, yeah. There's, um, we got a lot of questions in the chat room right now. Uh, we'd be happy to answer your questions. Uh, but call in. Call into the, the request line and uh, say hello. Let us know your questions. The number is 724 Four 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 seven four four four, and then you put in the uh, pin number seven eight six four three pound. We got some cool questions over there. Just call and say hello, man. Let's make sure this stuff's working. You know, this is why we do it. I, like there, there's so many times I don't want to because it's a lot of work to set up the call in thing. You've seen what I had to go through yeah. and access my telephone and call three way and call the station and all this weird stuff I got to do to actually get this to work the way it's working. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do the call in. But then people beg me like, no, dude, I'm going to call in. Like, mm. I need to talk to you. Like, I and get the discipleship. Cool element to it, you know? I yeah. get the discipleship from it. But, and then we go live. But I got to say, we didn't, I didn't promote it. So if you guys want to uh, ask questions, you guys can call in. The phone lines are open. Let us know your story. And there's people here talking about aliens. Yo, lads, do you think aliens are real? F all this occult BS big love. Yeah, call in and how long will we call in and ask the question? Yeah, know? yeah, we'll have a conversation with you, Richard. Call in. Yeah, that's um, a pretty good question, but no, it is a good question. But I think they're one in the same, so they yeah. kind of have to do with it. With, I mean, with each other. kind of referring to like the physical manifestation and calling the occult, which means hidden, underlying BS. You can't have one without the other. And, and, and that you know, what I'm saying ufology, aliens is is hidden. It's occultic, and that's why I say all the time when we talk about the whole definition of occultism or the whole definition of what is esoteric, I say Jesus taught occultism. Jesus taught hidden hidden stuff that he had to bring his disciples he told to. Them, to you it's given the keys to understand the kingdom, but to them it's not. Like the whole lay people, he preached to the 5,000 people. They had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Eat Some, my flesh, drink my blood, they all left. They left. They said, it was too deep. What are you talking about? And then so, okay, let me bring you in to show you some more stuff. And he would he would show things to his disciples and he would explain the parables but then there was other times where he said what there's things that i want to show you that i can't right now because there's no way you could you can understand right. this there's no way even learning a second language learning spanish through being in honduras many different words and understandings have been opened up to me just by learning another language because in spanish ocultar is to hide it just means hide to hide something i could tell you uh go hide some easter eggs you know, for the kids to find candy, and I would have to say occultar, yeah. go hide it. So occult means hidden. That's all it means. Yep. But yeah, you can go ahead and call in. Uh, oh, someone say, 
Okay, he, so he said this, he wants to call in, but he, he he doesn't have any service. Well, if you have a question, man, let me know. I know we spoke on uh, on Facebook too, so thanks for for all the love. I'm reading in the comment section how uh, "Awaken the Fire" impacted your life, and you talked about you know the song "Fire" on "Awaken the Fire." That's funny that that's the song that you love from that album because that's the song that people say doesn't fit that album, and that was the one that was kind of crunk. They're screaming on it. The producer was somebody different. So from all the esoteric mysticism to a crunk Christian rap song about the fire of the Holy Ghost in my bones, mm -hmm. you know, that was the song that, that stuck I love out that to song. him. I like that it's song. a good song, but it doesn't fit the album. You know right, what I'm right. saying? And so. Oh, wait, what'd you do? You put it on as an extra or something? No, I just put, I included it in the track list. Okay. But, you know, you got all the stuff about yeah. mysticism and then you got fire, you know, all mm -hmm. the laid back, the rhyming, like the rap style is different. Right. Where I'm laid, laid back rapping versus yelling the raps, you know, the crunk music and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so he says, give him a set. He's going to pay his bill. So he can get, get some All right, time. we're going to hold you to that. Call so Max is going to be calling in here call shortly. In to say hello. I think, I think channel's watching channels watching in the chat room as well. What's up channel? Uh, Richard Chanel, bro. Chanel. I know. I, it's an inside, inside joke. joke yeah. So, uh, Chanel Panda, John Panda, 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 Panda. What's up, brother? Good to see you here. Max, Mike, all of you guys holding us down. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're talking about how, like, we, we did the podcast together and you would share some of them and it's kind of discouraging, but I, I respect the process and you didn't share some of them, you know? Oh yeah. But there, there, there were certain why. podcast topics you wanted to do. I wouldn't even get on with you. And then I would delete them. I, I would even delete them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I respect the process and I know what's up. What's up, Lori? Um, and then so we did the interview with Chris Russian. So I interviewed Chris Russian, who is from Warrior, Alabama. Oh, I did call in on that one. But I told you. What did I tell you? Do you remember? Because <laughs> I'm wondering if that was kind of like a, I think from that point, you, you became a little bit more open. Not, okay, not so, so Derek, so I had already had lots of experience with psilocybin mushrooms for, for years. I mean, three different, uh, that delay is messing me up. I know, right? Let me bring the other one up. <laughs> There were three different periods in my life, you know, along my path where psilocybin mushrooms entered for a season and what they, and my experiences with them were very different because I was at a different place. Yeah. And so I was already very uh, familiar with uh, that whole topic and that whole experience. And Derek wasn't, you know, Derek was drawn more to all the information and, and about it and stuff, but he had never personally experienced it, you know? And so, even even this conversation right here, just getting into that comfortable place of being able to talk about these things, because the one thing nobody can ever take from me is my personal testimony. You can't tell me that I'm wrong in what I experience. You might tell me I'm wrong in what I believe. You might tell me I'm wrong in some kind of idea, but you can't tell me that what happened to me didn't happen to me. You can't tell me that. Yeah. So just being more and more comfortable now, just expressing my personal experience. Um, but when Derek started, I can't remember what it was. I didn't even, I think I didn't know, but he went ahead and pulled the trigger and had an experience. And then it was like life changing within two or three days. He was full blast, like expert. writing the golden teachers, you know, I'm, and, I'm an expert. On yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. And at that time it was probably crossing paths was when my pendulum was swinging back and I was kind of getting back yeah. into this religious thing because of the, um, because of the sponsors or supporters that, came into our life and stuff so he was like i'm coming out with all this bro and i'm like whoa i can't do that right now bro <laughs> i gotta back up and yeah. uh so when he was gonna do so 
so after he started, he was already writing songs. He was already, you know, just totally interviews. I had interviews inspired by up. by the thing that yeah. by seeing this is what I'm saying. It was all it was all propelled forth by an experience, by a personal experience, not by an idea or belief. And so I couldn't say nothing to him because he was telling me, "Yo, I had this great epiphany experience. All these things, you know, was." confirmed to me or shown to me my plan was mapped out and all this stuff who am i to, to challenge that in any way shape or form but just was i willing to get on the public platform on that topic it i just couldn't do it so when it came time to doing the interview with chris rushing which i was very interested in because i had already heard of him and uh he's like hey i'm interviewing this guy i already kind of knew basically what the topics were going to be I didn't want to put my picture, I didn't want to put my face or name on the promo yeah. as as doing this, but I did decide to call into the show and speak on. But I told you contingent. I said, look, dude, don't call in unless you are comfortable with putting this on your on your profile. And I think I didn't want to be mean, but I'm like, okay, this, you know, let's just be legit. Let's just be real. Uh-huh. Like, let's don't do it unless you're ready to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably a good push, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Because I'm not, and I've never been, I'm not out there promoting or preaching mushrooms, but yeah. I've always been this way. This is how I've always been. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. I'm not going to lie to anybody because I was saved by the truth. I'm in the truth. I love the truth. I'm living for the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. And part of the nature of Christ is to be truthful and tell the truth and not to lie, not to feel like you have to cover up or deceive. So anybody asks me a question, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. But I might not promote or preach something that I know a lot of people will have issues with or stumble over or be divided over. I just, I don't go ahead and just, like I said, you might disagree with me even using this analogy, but don't throw your pearls before swine because they won't see the wisdom, the value in it. They'll turn around to even rend you asunder, to gore you, you know, to kill you over these things. So why am I going to go ahead and talk about things that I know many people are going to have issues? But if you want to know, you ask me, I'm going to yeah. tell you the truth. And and I felt led to do it because it was like you said so impactful. Why would I hide it? Like and and, and I, I look at it like the gospel. I look at it like the gospel. The gospel changed my life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna tell people about it. Mushrooms. Oh my God! To act like like there's so much healing and so much virtue that I, I experienced through it, and to keep it a secret. Rocked my world and my relationship with my wife, uh, with how I viewed my mother, the the feminine aspect of life to begin with. I mean, the whole thing, many different over the times, you know, many different uh, things that I was ready to be shown or ready to encounter or ready to examine about myself that I never even realized. Oh my God, I've been looking at women like this. I've been treating women like this. All these things that when it's timing is right, the spirit needs to bring up into the forefront of your awareness and show you. And uh, I can't lie. I got to attribute many different awakenings and many different healings of who i am in part to my encounters and my uh experiences with psilocybin mushrooms um and i think that if we do keep it a secret then we become like the the upper echelon of the elite who know the mystery schools who've been through it and they keep it a secret on purpose they don't feel like the lay people should should have this info they don't feel like the lay, lay people should understand what's going on with UFOs or how they were created spiritually and the different mechanisms in your body, uh, uh, spiritual abilities that we're all born with. They keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like the same thing. Like if we're privileged with the knowledge and we, we're trying to make people pay for it, for one, and for two, 
to keep it a secret from the lay people. Like that's what that's what the quote unquote satanic Illuminati does. Mm-hmm. They keep it for themselves and let the lay people be the ones who they the make fuel. it a cult. Remember, a cult means hidden. Occultar in Spanish and Greek and stuff means to hide. So they make what is totally public knowledge hidden. Paul says all things that that one can come to know about God are clearly seen by just looking and coming to know through nature. Mm-hmm. By looking out into the natural world, what's going on out there, you know, experience in life, and you come to know and have these revelations about God and how God is. Well. One of the things that's just out there in nature, just right there, is mushrooms. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, it's just right there. And it's when you realize, if you were to realize how common it is, about as common as a cow. About as common as a cow is how common a mushroom is. And they're all over, but because, like you say, what that little living thing leads to, an awakening of understanding of things far beyond this three-dimensional time and space, uh, world, they need to occultar. They need to hide that because in doing that, in, in awakening, they don't they don't have power over me. And, and it's true. The gospel that's what the gospel does too. And I'm not saying. And I absolutely don't think that one is contrary to or opposed to the other exactly. or anything. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They are are harmonious to me in in what you realize in the realization. And it's the realization of who you are and what you are beyond this body and as a spiritual being and all that, that automatically casts the shackles off of you of this system of mind control and ideas that they have us in. So obviously if that's, and that's a universal experience. I mean, obviously you've got people that abuse anything. You could have people, Jesus says, not what goes into the mouth and into the body that defiles a man, but what comes forth out of his heart. Because out of the heart comes all these wicked things and, and, and jealousy and anger and strife and hatred and all these kind of things. So if a person, you know, uses something like a mushroom, but it's not with the intent on healing or on, on spirit or anything like that, and they just want to get messed up and all that, they're going to. And they probably get really messed up because what's in the heart comes out. Yeah, it's What's scary. in the heart gets projected out. It could be a scary, overwhelming experience. And that's what the, the whole bad trip comes from and not, not preparing. And so even with that, uh, w- whenever we look at, like, there's so much um, preparation that goes into it. Like, I mean, w- when we would have large doses, we would fast, pray, do chants and, and mantras and really get and, and, and use it as a time to examine our life and say, okay, what is in me that needs to come out? How do I get to this next level and show me what I need to do and just be open to the encounter and to have s- that, to, to treat it like that and to have somebody to lead it. And so that's why our ancestors would have shamans who would lead it. You would go to the shaman. He would make sure that there was a good, good vib- vibration going on. Good music was playing like far as the, you know, the, dr- the drum patterns, the chanting and stuff like that. It would be something comfortable, something relaxing. Cause if not, you can get triggered. I got friends who went with us and had amazing spiritual encounter. And then two months later, they do it at a party where they're blasting crazy death metal with the doors wide open, turned up all the way, thinking the cops are going to come, and they're tripping on mushrooms, and they're in the bathroom panicking, having a bad trip, praying it to stop because of the situation. Even like if you look at some of the secular people, like uh, Jason Silva, who talks about the psychedelic experience, and they always say to be in a safe zone, be in a safe space, and have you some good music. There's music. It, it was crazy about the music thing because like when you're in those realms 
you feel the intention behind the music. Like you can feel what that person was going through when they wrote the music and the thoughts that went into it and is projecting out, you're able to feel it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're sensitive, most of us, most of us can kind of feel that without even having the mushrooms. But when you go into those realms, it's amplified like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, and you put on death, crazy death metal. Honestly, for me personally, other than that first season in my life when I was 18 to 21, let's say, and I was all about just partying and getting messed up and escaping. Um, so like you said, that was everything you're describing. That's how I was doing it. Yeah. And my experience was, whoa, this is weird. You know, awesome. <laughs> I liked being weird. I was a meth addict. I was a coke addict. I did crack. I did anything. Well, I liked feeling weird or out of this concreteness. Um, but honestly, the other seasons later on in my life, um, I think most of the time it was by myself and in silence or in nature and just a natural, you know, with the ocean waves or whatever, and, and brought me into that silence where you could hear that inner voice of the spirit, you know, knowingness. And because it's cool to listen to other music. And if I did, it would probably be like binaural beats or something like that. Yeah. But even, even like such a sacred space and time, I would really have to already pre-know what the message is that's going to come into my mind before I just play some music or have headphones in because <laughs> you're, you're allowing someone else's thoughts. Yeah. You're allowing someone else's experience and you're partaking in that. And like, for me, it being a very set apart, sacred, special thing, an encounter with the divine, I'd rather just encounter the divine. You know, I'm not saying don't listen to music or anything like that. I'm just saying my personal experiences, mm-hmm. uh, I think for the last, you know, years and seasons of my life, probably for the most part, it's been silent in silent, you know? Well, what, what, I mean, what stands out for us is because when we did them, we're a bunch of Christians, a bunch of church boys out in the woods, having a retreat, eating mushrooms, listening to Bethel worship music oh, on mushrooms. Now, see, if you already know what you're getting yeah. into, like worship music, I could totally, Dude, I could totally see here's, that. It was awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think, so I actually had to uh, refresh the phone lines, and now I see that we do have callers. Sorry about that, guys. I'm going to take these callers. I think Max is on. Uh, we're going to take our first caller from eastern Nebraska. Who are we speaking with? Hey, I don't know how the phone quality is going to be. I'm using Google Voice instead of my phone. Okay. What's going hear, on? We hear you. No, can you, you can hear me fine. Great. Uh, nothing much. You know, I just, I fell in love with your music. And it actually, uh, you're one of the first people I got introduced to after I had listened to some spiritual music and never found it again. And then all of a sudden, I was flooded by these three albums you had on Bandcamp. And it was amazing for me. <clears throat> That's what's up, man. Who are we speaking with? Is this yeah. Max? Yeah, this is Max. Awesome, brother. Yeah, dude, th- dude, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Thank you. It's I was really lucky an understatement. To find you, man. I mean, he's really anointed, man. But uh, you <laughs> no, also, obviously. Uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that I discovered Alice Clay shortly after I discovered you, and she's amazing as well. But, yeah, man, oh, she's wow. awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome, and everybody, and, yeah, and that that whole crew, uh, Vinny, um, you know, uh, me and Vinny actually, uh, we did a couple shows together. I went to to Slidell, Louisiana, did a show with Vinny, and uh, then he came over our way. We did a show at a big party, big house party, and um, have you heard of um, Spirit of Truth? No, I'll write that down. 
Okay, yeah, there's another guy who uh, a lot of people's been reaching out lately um, who are fans of a guy named Spirit of Truth. And I heard his name in passing, looked him up, he was dope. And then there's just like the fans are reaching out and trying to make it happen. And so I got a, I got a song with him and they kind of roll in the same camps as well. So, and actually Vinny, uh, um, you know what I'm saying, made that happen. He reached out and, and, and traded phone numbers uh, for us to do something. So we got some stuff coming out as well. So that's going to be awesome. Um, are you part of the Lost Children of Babylon? Because I've seen that, I think, on like Spiritual Alchemy. I, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I'm a, um, affiliate. I'm um, affiliated with those guys. And so every, it's a, just a big movement. Yep. Awesome, man. I wish they well, were I don't really more have, these days. Um, I don't really have much to say, but I've, I will just tell you this. Uh, for my schizophrenia and bipolar, I've been in the hospital 19 times in the last five years, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm very thankful mm -hmm. for the whole experience. And um, that's why your music had such a profound effect on me, I think, was because it was like finally getting another source of what I've been experiencing and not just being knocked down over and over every time I try and explain what's going on with me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what, dude, I get those messages every day. And I will tell you this, it is hard as an artist and as a spiritualist to, to get those messages. Um, some people, I don't understand the messages because we have a lot of people who are way far out there, man. But I get a <laughs> lot of people who, who, who say how much the music helps them and how they're able to cope. And I will say this, that we've been able to pray for people, man. And, and, and those, those episodes stop the, to any voices that are going on and being able to just be weirded out in groups of people and to, to pray and they, they get peace. So um, it's awesome, dude, that, that the music's doing that and that's what it's designed to do. But uh, before you go, man, do you mind if we, we pray a blessing over you? Yes. No, of course not. Awesome. I'll start first and then Dan, you can follow up. All right. So I guess just close your eyes right now. I just want to speak over you right now in Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you for Max, God. I thank you that he is the righteousness of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I thank you that he's fearfully and wonderfully made, that you got a plan to bless him and to, and to prosper him, that you know the desires of his hearts, God. You know the deep depth and, and, and the, the, the secrets of his mind, God. And so right now, I just pray a blessing over him, that you bless him and that you keep him, God. And so anything that's going on that, that, that may make him uneasy in his mind and in his spirit to be uncomfortable and, and hearing things going on, right now I speak peace in the mighty name of Jesus, God. I thank you for testimony right now. I thank you for deliverance for anything, God. Anything that, that, that our doors were open through, through uh, questions coming in about being on the pills and maybe the pills are opening doors mm -hmm. right now, we speak to the mouth of the accuser and we quiet the voice of the enemy right now. Perfect love cast out all fear right now, God. I just ask you to pour out your spirit upon my friend Max, God. Let it become real again to him, God. Take him even deeper, God, in who you are and your love for him in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, Lord, I just pray that the simplicity of the childlike faith, just of the identity of who he truly is, every other thought and every other, you know, idea and contemplation that anybody wants to add to it, is unnecessary, but the simplicity of the identity of a child of God, that he is your child, he is a child of light, he's a child of love, it's who and what he is, that that be foundationally and firmly rooted in him, that that's the foundation of his reality, 
everything else is built upon the reality of him as a child of the most high God. And that little by little, the more that he contemplate, the more he lay hold of that reality, the more he proclaimed that reality over himself and over his life, that all these other ideas and thoughts and voices and stuff fade out into the distance weaker and weaker until he doesn't even remember it. And that he comes to his epiphany of remembering back that he used to actually be like that yeah. and doesn't even know when it stopped. But yeah. All he knows is it no longer is. Yeah. And, and we are in you and you are I am. And that he firmly understands who he is in you, who yeah. are I am. One, inseparable with that divine love. Just let that love flood all over him right now, God. I'm feeling it all over me. Just let his let your oneness and your divine love fill and flood his whole body, his whole mind. Take over him, transform him by the renewing of his mind, this new identity that he move into it. Yeah. And just have that one childlike faith, the seed of a mustard, like a, a seed the size of a mustard seed. I am a child of God. Max, I pray that over you. And if you got to say it a thousand times a day, that one little seed, that one fundamental doctrine, I am a child of God to keep coming back to it however many times you need to. Any kind of voice that tries to raise up, any vain imagination that tries to raise up in your mind against the knowledge of Christ, that you'd be able to just say, I am a child of God, and that that voice be gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, man. It's real, my brother. Wow, my it's body real. just got ridiculously warm. That was cool. Thank you. I'm gonna. I hope to God I can save that because I want to make that a little song I can play. Yeah. Now that's what I was gonna oh. tell you, man. Anytime you're having a rough time, you can go back to this audio. What we do a lot of times in meetings and stuff, we'll have prophets come through and they'll record the prayer over people, and so they can they have it on tape. And I've got tapes from. 2001, 2002, where men of God have spoken into my life and I can go back and listen to it. And I'm taken back to that moment. And so you could do that. You can uh, pull up the podcast. The podcast is saved in MP3 format, man. And you can go back to it and just know, dude, like everything in the music, it, it's real. Um, it is the real deal. And peace is your inheritance, man. N nothing less, brother. Don't settle for nothing less than peace and love and joy and righteousness, man. And everything that is beautiful in this life. It's yours, man. And also, anybody right. else, real, real quick, Max, and you might even know other people, you know, from your journey that you've met that go through the same things, like you said, bipolar or schizophrenic or depression or whatever. That prayer that we just said right there that was totally unplanned, that was totally spontaneous and in the spirit, and that was totally the spirit moving through us speaking. So it doesn't, it, even though we was praying it over Max, that same prayer, every word came yeah. from God. And you can share that with a friend yeah. going through the same thing and just tell them, hey, just listen to this prayer, man. Just open up and just, you know, just listen to what these guys are saying and, and try to receive it. And it's the same thing. It, it will work, man. Well, thank you, guys. I really do appreciate it. Hey, hey man, anytime you want to call in just to say hello, uh, you know what I'm saying? We are reachable, brother. Hit us up. All right, man. I'll, I'll definitely, nice. I'm going to look for your next podcast. I hope you have a planned one. <laughs> uh, I want to hear you say this real quick, Max. I am a child of God. Uh, You're wrestling with it, bro. You're wrestling with it. I know, man. <laughs> I, I just don't, um, I haven't really acted no. like, you know, I've acted like I am God mm -hmm. or I am the devil rather than being the child of it. I need to work on that. Well, if my ego, you have no idea. Let it, let it, you probably meditate on it. Back. Come back and listen to the whole podcast later on, man. I certainly will. Thank you.
I think we're hey, I think we're gonna do another one tonight. Actually, I think we're gonna have Brandon Barthrop on interviewing him. Yeah. So we should be back on tonight as well. All right. Talk to you later, guys. All right, brother. Shalom, shalom. Peace. Peace. Awesome. That's awesome how the prayer uh, works for other people. Mm-hmm. You remember we did one uh, breaking breaking bondages or something on YouTube quite a long time ago, and people would come months later. Yeah, across the video and be impacted by it. When you forgot about it, years later, yeah. people would comment on it and be like, wow, this is powerful. Yeah. And it's, it is powerful, man. And uh, I, I got get messages and got messages all the time about that. It, it's cool. So we got another caller from um, North slash Central Ontario. Who are we speaking with? Hello. How's it going there, Mr. Trucy? This is Jesse. What's going on, Jesse? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I just figured I'd phone in. I just wanted to touch basis. I noticed in the uh, comments, a lot of people saying that the actual truth is forbidden and such things as this, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I just wanted to say that uh, it, it's not a forbidden thing as much as it is a worked up to our own acceptance. They'll only show you as much as you're willing to to look at is you're willing to accept as the truth, right? Yeah. Because if not, essentially trying to wrap your head around it all at once would be the definition of your own insanity, you know? Yeah. And it drives, it drives many people mad. And just like, there's also some, some comments there saying that, you know, the whole schizophrenia thing is misunderstood that the whole schizophrenia thing could be you picking up on spirits and vibrations around you. And, and that, even that little bit there is driving people mad, you know? I, I agree you know, with the activation and all it for people who have read into the esoteric belief system. Uh, when the vibration's higher, a lot of us that weren't paying attention are now noticing things, right? So the first mm-hmm. thing we question is our own sanity rather than the reality that's right in front of us because that's what we're taught to do by society, right? on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Easiest way I've found to explain it to people is we have to slow down and listen to the universe. It's not going to run us down and tell us its secrets. And it will not take us any further than our mind is capable of going. Right? So it's not a forbidden thing as much as it is like anything worth having. It's worth working for, right? Yeah. You got to do the work. Yeah. You got to do the work. You got to you got to do the spiritual work, and it's not an overnight thing. It's actually a lifelong thing. And um, and and you know, some people don't see it out to the end. Some people it gets it gets overwhelming, or they can't handle. And just like we're talking about this whole episode, just the 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 sheer uh, loneliness that we felt, the necessity for a support system. Yeah, and it wasn't there. So that's why it's yeah. so important to encourage one another. You know, it is. It is. More important than ever that we we all band together and encourage each other and support each other through this. Society's normal reaction is to look at you like you've just lost your mind. You know, <laughs> I've been uh, I've been studying and walking my path since I was very young, like very young. I was more born into it than anything, I guess you could say. And uh, right. so I. I, I've seen what people's reactions can be like, and for somebody who's already empathic, you feel their discomfort with it, right? So it can yeah. cause a disalignment in your spiritual path. You got to be careful of the people you surround yourself with, right? Like skepticism is yeah. good. 
be skeptical of anybody trying to teach you anything. At least it means you're paying attention, right? But at the yeah. same time, you can't let them take you with the out of what you're already knowing, right? What you know in yeah. your heart, and what you're hearing in your mind, and you can't let them try to make you question it because if they're not there yet, they're going to rattle your cage. It's just a given, right? It's their own soul crying out for them to find answers, but they don't know how to go about it. So often the results can be, uh, they can be pretty rattling, you know, for somebody who's trying to find their way. And I, I yeah. just wanted to make, make sure it was clarified that, you know, it's, it's a, a process, you know, it's like you said, it's the work. You know, it's I mean? hard work. It's hard. It's it hard is. work. And we, we talked about last night, we were talking about the same thing last night at a, at a little home gathering that we did. And the, the scripture and verse out of the Bible that sticks out to me is the spirit of the prophets is subject unto the prophets, knowing that those who have are having these prophetic encounters who are seeing mm-hmm. the future, having dreams of the future, seeing spirits, being able to discern spirits on other people and you not knowing what, what that is, you know, being empathic and being in yeah. a group of people and your thoughts are jumping all over the place and you can't bring it into focus. That will freak you that's out. Hard. It really will. That's why it's so, it's so powerful, not just for us, but for everybody to, to speak about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important that uh, you cover the basis of, you know, you walk through a mall and all of a sudden you're feeling great five minutes ago. You go through the mall and you just you feel horrible or you feel sick or you're nervous or all of a yeah. sudden you have a spike of anxiety. Now, if you go to a doctor and you tell them what you're feeling, they're going to medicate you. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to label it. They're going to medicate it. And they're going to set you on a path that's going to be harder for you in the long run. Right. Uh, We often got to stop and remember, like, is this me? Does this feel like me? Is this my day to day vibration? Right. Because usually nine times out of ten, it's not like I've caught rage in an instant walking by people. It's it's amazing. But look, man, like, I mean, we, we have examples of this in the Bible where Jesus would walk into a crowd of people. And he would immediately know their intentions. And you know what he did? He knew they were trying to kill him. He got the hell out of there. And so that's uh-huh. us. We walk right. into a situation and you can feel the vibration of the people in the room. And, hey, uh-huh. I'm in a bad spot. I got to go. And he left. Right. Let me connect two things real quick. Because uh, yep. like you're saying, what's this guy's name? Jesse. Jesse. Like you're saying, Jesse, you walk through the mall. You start feeling these different vibes. You know, you start feeling different or you're having weird thoughts. That's and right. the only way that you're going to be able to discern that that's not me, you know, that's some other thing. And I'm experiencing, I'm feeling this external thing that's trying to suck me in. The only way you're going to be able to discern what's not you is by knowing the truth of who you are, you know, cause then yeah, you yeah. can say, well, you know, I'm in the light. I'm full of joy. I'm life. I'm living. I'm all these things. And that, that thought is not mm-hmm. of me. And I'm reading right here in the, in the chat, somebody else said, Christ said, I am the truth. He never said or shared the forbidden truth, absolute truth. The bigger picture, in example, the universe is too overwhelming for a finite state of being. I don't know if that was you that wrote that or no, not. No, it was. Okay, but what, what I would say is that ultimate truth, that absolute truth, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not really able to be communicated in words. It's not really able to be described or defined in words. We just do our best to transmit one to another the experiential reality that we've come into or that we've tapped into or we had a 
a flash encounter or whatever. And that's what it is with all the prophets and all the, you know, priests and all this. Think about these books that they wrote about having these open heavens and seeing these beasts and all these things. Even yeah. though they wrote it all down, there's no way that that writing can fully convey to us what they experienced in that moment. And just like yeah. each of us, as we have our own awakenings and epiphanies and realizations, okay. we do our best as a friend to a friend to be like, call you, call you up, Derek. You're not going to believe this dream I just had. or You're not going to believe what this experience I had. But the words will never do it justice. You know what I mean? So that absolute yeah. truth really is something directly between you and God. Uh, and nobody find- will ever fully know that encounter. Those feelings that we get, though, uh, I don't find them a burden. I find them more of a, a blessing because those are your instincts. Right. Those are yeah. those well, are calling you forward because maybe you're to help. Was there a time where it was, though? Was there a time where it did burden you? Was there a spurt, certain oh, yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm a bit yeah. of a different case because I, I was, uh, how would you say, I was very aware, right? I started doing, like, I did my first group reading at 13, and no cards, no tools, no instructions, never been taught any of it. It was just, uh, I I knew of these things since a young age, and uh, that's how I was drawn to people who needed help and to exercise those gifts. I was, you know, fed that vibration, and it, it goes a little more extensive than that, but I'm just trying to cover the basis this yeah. time around. Yeah, oh, totally. That we shouldn't completely try to chase those vibrations off and not feel those things because it's those feelings that are going to help us navigate our way to our path to to that yep. uh, spiritual gold, right? Yep. And, uh, it it has, try- yeah, going back with, to what you said, the the burden to it, yeah, a blessing and a curse, all in the same, right? Because there are a lot of people who it's it's shocking when they find out yeah. that things exist this is a reality right yeah and if they're to challenge what i'm doing at the time and there's more than just them around it can have a kind of an adverse effect because given what i do i'm to show them right i'm not to back out and say oh no this was just a hunch because it's far from it right uh, actually i yeah. dig deep so it's it's i've run into a lot of conflict and confrontation over these things but uh the knowledge I gained on the other end of it, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. It's kept me totally alive in situations, you know. It's, like I said, yeah. blessing and curse. It all depends on what you're willing to work for, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no yeah. mandatory distance. It's uh, as far as you're willing to dive in. Just... That's exactly true, man. Hey, brother. Um I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold, brother. Thanks for calling in and checking in, brother. Anytime you got something to share and we're live, definitely take the opportunity to call in and say hello, man. All right. Nice talking. All right, brother. Shalom, shalom. Yeah, I was, I mean, we try to, I try to, I know you do too. It's try to filter everything through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Okay. How does, how does my encounter, how does this uh, fit into the Bible? Is it in the Bible? A lot of stuff is, and we don't even know it until, Mm -hmm. We have a frame of reference to even know what it is. So I was talking mm-hmm. about last night, reading Job chapter four, waking up, seeing the spirit in the hallway and the spirit giving him a message. And like, that's real. It happened. It happened to me. It happened to Job. But you can just imagine reading over that and just skipping it and not knowing because we've all read Job. Right. But that story doesn't stick out. Right. Right. And so we, we try to uh, filter everything through the scriptures. And like we're saying, we have Jesus going into a group of people. 
and know in the Bible says knowing their intentions and he can feel the intentions and leaving. And there was other times where uh, they were supposed to go to a city and they went way out the way because they were going to have to cross through one city. They went way out the way because there were people waiting for them to, to capture them and mess them up in the city that they would cross through. Mm-hmm. And the spirit told them that. And they knew it by the spirit to go around. We have to be able to discern those things in our lives using our intuition, our gut feeling, which is our God feeling. And that's how God speaks to us, through our gut and that inward knowing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like another voice. And sometimes. I'll say, just like how I said at the beginning of the podcast today, that a lot of people that find us, maybe they hear us vocalizing and speaking things that they have not known how to define or how to say, but they've been feeling it. So they get blessed by like, oh, my God, you're speaking these things out. So now I have words to reference it. Frame of reference. And that's the same thing with, it, us, with us in the Bible a lot of times. It's like we're already experiencing things. We find that confirmation was- as a reference in the Bible. And then Adam, the very first thing it says he did was he started giving names to all the animals. <laughs> so, so we need words yeah. to identify yeah. everything that we are experiencing in this realm. And um, so really that's what it is. And what I was thinking about, like, Let's say you're reading something and I say, uh, you know, he, he passed a red Chevy Impala, da, 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 but you don't know that a Chevy Impala is a car. So there's no way for your mind to even register what that is. So you just keep going past that until you hit the next words that you understand. Yeah. And so like when you mentioned Job and him seeing a smoky spirit and all these kind of things, if there isn't already some kind of reference in your mind for that kind of reality, you just keep going till you see something you know. But then once you have somebody else talking to you about spirits, like you say, you go back the next time you're reading it, you're like, oh, <laughs> or somebody teach you or show you yeah. these words yeah. that define or reference realities. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And so I think ultimately what's good is that even if everybody's else not, we always try to go back to the Bible as our foundational reference point. And so even if people are hearing us and like, oh, you're speaking things out that I never knew, they don't even know that they're somehow getting Biblical, a foundational biblical, biblical truth. Yeah. reference into it. Yeah. And uh, then we may be able to lead them to the Bible and show them that's our reference point. And then they might wind up going to the Bible for themselves. Yeah. And developing a relationship that happens, with the word. It happens know. all the time. And when that started to happen for me, when I really began to study the Bible or ask these questions um, or Google the questions as well, um, I would come to, I would be reading the, the scriptures and it would be stuff that I knew on the inside, and then I would read it and be like, damn, I knew that. But I didn't know how to vocalize it, and I didn't know it was in the Bible, even though I knew it on the inside. Because maybe that has to do with the Word of God is written upon your heart. Mm-hmm. The law is written upon your hearts. And so we're reading it, and the law is, 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 is the universal nature of God, the love of God essentially made manifest through Jesus, but he is the Word made flesh. And that Word is written upon our hearts. And when you read that and you come in, it's a, it's a weird experience to know that. And it, it wasn't at the beginning, definitely wasn't at the beginning. It, there, there was a level that I got to where that stuff started happening like crazy. And then other people, Watchmen, for example, he got there. He would, he would have these knowings and these experiences and then find them as he's reading the Bible and know it. Mm-hmm. And give or take, some people would just, they don't really have a reverence for the Bible or anything like that. So they're like, well, that don't mean that to me. But yeah. When you have undeniably come from, let's say, darkness and depression or oppression, and now you know you're no longer there and that the catalyst that got you here was these words that you read and that you believed, um, 
you know, my mind's going blank now what I was going with that, but um, having a foundation, because especially when you're going through this spiritual journey, we've talked about pendulum swinging back and forth, you know, you doubt in or you're going back and forth in your beliefs, having something that you can rest on as a unshakable foundational thing, even though your understanding of it might change, but that word is always there. That word is there. That word is there. You can keep coming back to that word and you always will find something to give you in that moment of doubt or shaking some sort of little personal security word there at that time that brings you back into that state of rest, even though everything else is changing around me, even though everything else is questionable right now, this one thing, like I always say, the, the message of grace and love. Yeah. I always was exposed to religion, but at 22 in a jail cell, I believed for the first time that I was loved of God and that God loved me and he filled my whole cell. He filled my room with love. So all the years walking after that, things came, things went. I changed my mind on different things, all that. But even when I would be questioning everything, the one thing I could not let go of or give up or shake was this belief that I am loved by God, you know, and I found that through the word. And so it's like my, my life and my house is built upon those fundamental truths. Yeah. Everything, everything filters through that. That's tangible. Like the grace and peace and love that that's ours. It's our inheritance and we can give it. We, as we freely receive it, we can freely give it. And that's tangible. Like a lot of this stuff, people want to talk about doctrine and stuff. And Max just said the other minute, oh, my whole body's full of warm. I knew that was going to happen because I felt it on my body as I was praying. Yeah. You know, and through transmitting words of life. And that's what we talked about. Even in that, the transference of of words and of spirit, we're talking about the baptism of fire. Mm -hmm. What was that? That was the fire. He's like, I'm warm all over. That's the fire of God. At the very beginning, we talked about none of this makes any sense. None of this is worth anything without the fire of God without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in a little conversation like that, he had an encounter with the living God. Mm-hmm. Now, God still has a lot of work to do on, on you, Max, and on me and on all of us. Yeah. But that is a monument. Like he said, I want to go back and listen to this. We have those monuments built. We have those things that remind us of certain places and parts of our lives. Yeah. We have r- monuments that are built. And uh, I consciously told him, look, if you don't remember any of this, remember this one thing. I am a child of God. And let's say he starts putting that into practice here and there. And over years, he doesn't even remember where he heard it from or why he started doing it. But it just becomes no a part that he always proclaims over himself, you know. And Well, that's, that's why I was talking about not understanding a, a concept until the Holy Spirit teaches it to you. You can hear it as many times as you want. Right. But when the truth the spirit of truth makes it real for you. You're not going to grasp it. Right. But when you come to the, he can easily repeat. I'm a child. Right, right, right. But as soon as that, that moment where it. the faith, where faith as a gift is given to him to accept and believe and receive, and then open his mouth and vocally proclaim, I am a child of God. When the from that moment forward, it can never be taken from you. It will never be separated from you. You may, you know, get attacked by doubt and thoughts and all kinds of things, but that, reality that seed that was sown inside of you and takes root and begins to become a tree of life i'm a child of god uh you know nobody can take it when the mind and the heart connect is one thing to have the idea the spark the thought patterns come from your mind come from your heart is one thing like that's powerful but the power to create is when you speak it out and confess it when when paul talks about salvation he talks about uh, believing in your heart, not just believe it. Oh, I believe in God. No, you confess it, you manifest it, and you create it. 
And so what, whatever it is, this, that's, that's universal law as well, the law of manifestation and creating. But when you speak it out and you, you proclaim it, you preach it, you prophesy it, that's, what, that's when you give it power. You breathe life into it. So when you say, I am a child of God, not to just say it and repeat after Dan, but you know you come into understanding of what it means to be a child of God. That's when we walk in power. And nobody can take that from you. So you're not a Christian. You're not a Muslim. You're not a Hindu. You're not stupid. You're not a fool. You're not a fuck up. You're a child of God. Don't take the name of the, don't take, and I even seen on your, on your wall over here, you had the Ten Commandments or whatever. And I seen something last night that stuck out <laughs> to me. And it says, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. I always thought it was, thou shalt not use the mm-hmm. Lord's name in vain. You know, because people they don't say yeah. GD. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. But like when I got married to my wife, she took my name mm-hmm. for herself. Wow. And, and the good. name of the Lord that was revealed is I am. And he showed me that a long time ago that once you use that powerful statement, I am, and you add any of these things, I'm stupid, I'm just a mess up, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I am, I am. You're proclaiming this power to keep being that, you know, to be and to sustain this reality. Don't use that in vain. Yeah. I am a child of God. I am light. I am That's truth. Good. I am love. I am peace. I am all those things because I'm in him and he's in me. I don't know if you've seen it, but in there in my bathroom, in my mirror, I stood there one day with a silhouette and I just traced my outline oh, really? with words. It says, I am free. I am made new. I am the righteousness of God. I am healed. I am called. I am forgiven. Like in all these blessings and it just outlines my body. So when I go and brush my teeth or shave or brush my hair, I'm looking at it and it goes around my body, the silhouette of all these promises of God that, that I am. And it things. really is because, you know, we're bound by time and space or the illusion of time and space. You know what I'm saying? But the spirit is eternally now. There is no, you will be loved by God or you will be with peaceful or you'll be. I used be, to think that. You yeah, know what I'm saying? We have to that. work towards this goal at some future point in time. Or maybe he will forgive me. Right. That's something like. But with God, it's all right now, eternally now. That's all that exists. Is it ever present, eternal now? And all those promises, all those things are Finish. accessible right now. It says every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been given unto you. It's been given. He said it's finished. Yeah. That's what we talk, you were talking about last night. It is finished. And, and that, that's big, too, because and I actually learned, learned that more over from um, a universalist who talked about the finished work of Christ. The finished work, not to like, so, so like we used to pray and, and it was almost we wouldn't say it, but it was almost like. Okay, let, you can say the sinner's prayer and let's see if God will forgive you. Right. Now, we wouldn't vocalize that, but it was almost like that. And maybe if you had an encounter, we'll see if God will forgive you. But we're, we're coming from a place where everybody is already forgiven, whether they ask for it or not. It, it is. When, when reconciled you, all things unto God. And it, when, you ask, when you ask for it, you come into the knowing of it. We're talking about I am. I am forgiven. I am made new. I am called. And you come into I am. Versus I will be or I and, might. And that I am is the rock that all things are built upon. Because if it's I might be or I am for the moment, but something else can take it yeah. away from me, there's no surety in that. Yeah. There's no certainty in that. Yeah. So the fact that we are because of he who is I am, and we are in I am, and it's his life flowing through us. Like he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, mm. and it's my life flowing through you guys. I don't yeah. have my own life. What life do I have? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, life, I'm, what life am I generating? It's his life 
flowing through me and sustaining me. He holds all things together by the power of his word. So it's like, that's the rock. That's the foundation that every other idea you're going to entertain, every other belief, every doctrine, all that stuff is secondary. It says that Christ is the cornerstone. What did Christ say? Before Abraham is, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. So he's telling you these aspects of himself, but what he's really telling you is who he is. I am. And that that cornerstone is the foundation that everything else got to be built upon. And then the, then the apostles and the prophets and all that stuff, we're, we're developing our paradigm, you know, by these teachings of spirit. But the foundation has to start out as I am, knowing who you are. And, and once you know who you are and like what we're talking about, you, you hear it first. Faith come by hearing, hearing the words of God. But sooner or later, you've got to move through faith and come into knowledge. This is eternal life to know God and believe in the one he sent, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know? And he said, before Abraham was I am. So before religion, before what you have something to show for, it was always was I am. It was mm -hmm. always, he was always there. Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Yeah. I am that I am and I will be whatsoever I will be, which is a powerful phrase, name in itself, you know? And that, and, and that shows you the sovereignty of God that not just because we're quoting this stuff and we're claiming this stuff doesn't mean it's all a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean like, I remember, look, and I, we talked about this, like, I, I remember being possessed by demons. Like when I was a teenager, getting into crazy occultism, opening up my mind to evil spirits and wanting to communicate, and they came through. I tried to touch the other side. I stuck my hand through that portal and something touched me, something touched, grabbed back. And I was possessed. I was going schizophrenic, all those things we were talking about. But it came to an end in the name of Jesus. When I surrendered to him, it was a long, hard road out of that. But we talk about go going through that stuff. And it was scary, man. It was the darkest place I've ever been. I felt like my, I literally felt beings taking my grabbing my mind and pulling it out of my and body. I felt, and I try, I've been sharing this recently with people too, because a lot of people got this idea that just because you come to believe in Jesus or become a Christian or something, that you can't have any kind of yeah. demonic attachment or demonic oppression. When the truth is everybody that comes in has all kinds of stuff attached to them. But I was a believer and going to church and tithing. And I went on my first mission trip and all these different things having lust demons in my life, literally giant demons, addicted to porn, addicted to masturbation, addicted to lust, like a completely lustful paradigm, but keeping it secret and keeping it hidden, but not realizing or not, or not want to come to uh, the realization that these are demons attached to me and driving me to do these things and keep taking credit for it, taking the Lord's name in vain. I am, I am doing these things. I'm lustful. I'm just a, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know yeah. how I'll change but not wanting to see it for what it was. And like uh, Jesse was saying and talking about of knowing who we are and therefore anything that don't line up with that, it's something else coming against us yeah. and oppressing us and, and attacking us, you know? And uh, there's so many people in church and in bondage because they think that uh, they don't really believe that demons and that these spirits and stuff, A, are even real. They think it's hokey pokey. And yet they keep doing these things. Well, yeah, I thought it. I, I mean, I thought that because like being in a place where demons are speaking to you, they're in your house, they're taking your mind from you. You're hearing voices in public. And it was crazy. It was super crazy. I couldn't stop it. And I was in witchcraft, um, came out of that walking with Christ. He makes all things new, beautiful life. 
but to go when I was coming going into the, the the more deeper realms and being shunned by my brothers and sisters who I loved, like I went to a dark night of the soul then mm-hmm. that it was almost darker than summoning demons and having demons manifested in my mind and in my life. That's and, weird. And, and As when a you Christian, look at it spiritually, it was the same exact thing. It because was. it wasn't those Christian brothers shunning you. It was demonic spirits in them oppressing you yeah. through them just with a flesh veil. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah. But and uh, uh, all for the glory. Well, yeah, we you know we we talk about you know we think we we think we've made it or we've like those days are behind me. Right. You know, but the whole thing about that, you know, there's no fear in that because Christ helps you get through it. And knowing James four seven, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Be submitted to God. He's going to see you through it. And not only will he see you through it, but he planned it for you. Like there's character there. There's things that you have to be sensitive there uh, in, in those realms. And the only way you're going to learn it is if you go through that. You're not going to learn it in any other way. You're not going to give a damn about people who are uh, schizophrenic. Right. Unless I make you feel what it's like to be schizophrenic. And then I also give you the knowledge that there is no schizophrenic apart from, you know, demonic oppression and all that. So then you can have the compassion on somebody that other people are calling schizophrenic because, you know, you're not schizophrenic. Bro. Exactly. You're under attack. You're under exactly. oppression. And. And for them to know what, what is. that is. Yeah. And uh, I believe in it. Uh, God is sovereign. He is sovereign. Like all good things come from him. But you know what? All bad things do as well. He's sovereign, man. There's no war against the devil who thinks he's going to overthrow God. The devil doesn't think he's going to beat God. God scripturally uses the devil to tempt us, to war with us. And he sends evil spirits scripturally to war with us to to be a lying spirit in the earth and all of these things and it uses that terminology that's the that's how sovereign god is we look at the story of job how god let satan do that he's sovereign he does it for a reason man and it's to produce it's the it's the it's the pressure it's the like he has to uh make character in us he has to give us a heart that's a take away a heart of stone, man. I would I would say that that for me is a touchy subject and would open a whole another conversation. It, no, it and totally once again, is. this is a good example of how we don't necessarily need to agree on every detail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I believe that he permits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, there, there, there are scriptures that say an evil spirit sent from the Lord. No, I understand. But like I said, that's a whole, we could do a whole podcast. I know because you, because you would say the Lord is not Yahweh. I mean, I would, <laughs> I, I, I believe that, I believe that, that this is a, re, this is yeah. a deeper reason of why Jesus Christ had to come in the flesh yeah. so that he could once and for all reveal through action. What is the real nature of God? What is the real nature of God? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the exact likeness and express image of the invisible God. And a lot of people were uh, perceiving and attributing, just like we're talking about people that might be under demonic oppression and thinking it's themselves or yeah. even thinking it's an angel or all, all different kind of random things. Yeah. And I think that up until the revelation and unveiling of Jesus Christ as the nature of God, um, that there was some confusion, you know? Yeah. But it still happened with Paul, though. When, when, when Paul had his thorn in the flesh and his spirit of infirmity, that he sought the Lord three times, then it wouldn't leave and God wouldn't take it away. And the reason he sent that, because he was getting prideful right. and having these ecstatic encounters and being caught up to many right. different heavens, whether it's in body or out of body. But he said, my grace is sufficient. Like, I'm good enough for you. And unless you have that, you're going to get prideful. 
there are these things, man, that they, 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 he has to keep us in check, man. Yeah. Like we would get, we would. And that, no, and, no, and, and we have. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 no, there's line upon line, precept upon precept about how pride cometh before a fall. And no matter how painful the circumstances, situations you go through, once you're out on the other side and somehow you've gained or you've grown even the slightest spiritually, you can look back in retrospect and be totally grateful. And I'm thankful for it. I wouldn't take none of it. I wouldn't ask for none of it back. And I thank the most high that he did that. But at the time when we were going through it, that's a that's another story. Mm-hmm. Like I, well, <laughs> Jesus even said, when you go through these things, because remember, no servant is greater than a master, no, oh, yeah. no student greater than a teacher. So if I'm going through these things, they hate me, they persecute me, they lie about me, they do these things, and then you catch yourself and realize you're suffering that same thing. Yeah, be happy about it. Exactly, it means you're on the right and track. And there's a ble- there's a blessed in in it for you if you do, mm-hmm. and there's peace in it. That's why it says, I make a I make a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Seems like everybody's against you, but I'm, I'm here with you. I'm going to see you through it. You have to go through that. You're not going to give a damn, man. Like, that's how character is built. And I talked about this on there with Seven. Like, if you have somebody who's just been giving life to them on a silver spoon, they they have every they had never had to work for anything. I can look at it. I can look at my own life. Okay, um, there were times when I was a teenager, my wife would come visit me when we were dating, but she'd come to Louisiana from Alabama. And she'd come visit, and she'd bring her parents' car. Do you know what happened when I got her parents' car? Dude, I, man, donuts. We're, donut, <laughs> we're going to the graveyard doing donuts. I'm driving 60 miles on the interstate, oh. not on the interstate, on the highway, pulling the parking brake, turning it sideways with a car oh, full of people. Yeah. And I'm, I would never do that in my car now, that I have to earn, I have to pay right. to, for the upkeep. Right. And if it messes up, I have to work to replace it. Right. I would never do that. Never ever do that in my car. You have the experience of the cost. Yeah, you don't appreciate exactly. Yeah. When I was in it, you couldn't tell me nothing. They was like, they were like, chill out. They were scared to death. Fuck you. I'm I'm just like freaking them out, man. (laughs) I would never do that in something I had to 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 work for, you know. And it's the same thing. It's kind of like the whole what we're talking about. They have to have the frame of reference. And ultimately, and ultimately, even even beyond that, now that now because you've had to work for yours and you appreciate the value and cost. You also wouldn't do that to anyone else's. Exactly. If they gave you the keys. Exactly. Like, exactly. Nah, exactly. Man. Just because they don't belong to me, I'm gonna yeah. tear it up. You know, I, and that's that's the whole thing about earning what you have and working for it. And and you know, if somebody gives you something, man. Sometimes you know you have to have that frame of reference. People don't care; they'll tear it up. There's a lot of a lot of references about hard work pays off, man, and and it just gives you. And once again, that goes to that verse where Jesus said, "Don't cast your pearls before swine." because they won't see the value in it and they'll even turn to attack you. It's like a lot of these, you know, personal revelations that we've come into because of going through dark night of the soul, going through persecution, going through all these things, just because you've been through it and you realize, and you have this understanding now, anybody else who hasn't gone through those things, you could share that with them, but they might not see, they might not understand or even see the value in what you're saying because it, the value and appreciation don't come usually until you go through the experience yeah you know that it takes to get the cost that it takes to get that pearl. yeah but and it's good it's good to talk about it because one if if one thing comes from it just to have some frame of reference that's what he was talking about right i'm going through what he was talking about no fear it's going to end i'm going to be okay um, there's a lot for me to learn here. And if I don't learn, I got to keep taking the test over and over and over again exactly. until I graduate 
from, from this course. And that's how the Lord is, man. And as soon as I pass the test, that does not mean school's pop, over. The pop next quiz. course is coming up, you know. And but as will, long as you know that's what this life yeah. is, it makes it exciting. Like, I want to keep learning. Yeah. I want to keep growing. I don't want to reach some level where I think I'm there. I want to keep growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the nature of God. And so that means I got to be tested, be tried, pass the test, and learn the next lesson. Keep going, you know. Usually the test has something to do with responding like Jesus and doing what would Jesus do? Exactly. Find out what Jesus would do in that situation and do it. And use, and then the next time you have to take it, go straight to that. Respond in faith. Don't doubt. No fear. Trust and believe. I trust you, God. You brought me here for a reason. Trust that. And you're on to the next one. And people want to know, like, true seeker, how do I become like you? How do I get the knowledge or the spirituality that you have? Like, take the test. Right. And it, but those tests are drawn out over your whole life. You got it. You got the handbook. You got the manual. <laughs> but the manual doesn't live the life for you either. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you got to learn and then practice and apply what you're learning. And as you start doing those two things, trust me, the circuit. If you're whatever you seek, you find, and whatever uh, you ask for, you receive. You're not going to door will be open unto you. So if if your end all intention is to grow in the nature and likeness of Christ, then you have the book you have the manual you have the ability to go out and practice and apply what you're reading and if your intention is to truly grow then be prepared like people say don't don't pray for more patience or don't pray for <laughs> this because then the situation is going to come to yeah. you that demands that you be yeah. patient and to see if you're really learning what you say you're learning you know i've heard i've heard that so many times but then it's not true <laughs> no but but Whatever you seek, and if you really seek, if you're yeah. really seeking the things that thing. you say you're seeking, it's a good thing. You're going to attract to you the circumstance to apply and practice and grow in that thing. It's a good thing. It's not bad. So with that, we're gonna wrap up the podcast. Thanks everybody for holding us down live. I'm, we're sitting here reading the chat. Um, thanks everybody for calling in. You guys are awesome. Want to say what's up to Theodore? I see you in the chat and Bear. Bear witness, man. Here's all, dude, that was an awesome synchronicity that you had. And I, I think I mentioned to you in the comments about Brandon coming back on. Uh, I think Brandon's going to be on here with us tonight. I think mm -hmm. we're going to do another podcast and go live here in a little while and maybe five hours from now or so. And uh, Brandon's supposed to be with us. So we'll be interviewing him and uh, picking his mind about some tough questions and stuff as well. So that'll be cool. We'll, ha we'll have the phone lines open for that too. So with that, I'm going to say shalom. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, Dan, if you want to kind of give your links out and kind of just kind of tie it back in to how people can, you know, follow yeah, you. I mean, I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? You go live every day. You do videos. You mm -hmm. do inspirational stuff. Basically, the easiest way to find me is just facebook.com slash MBK International. My brother's keeper was my uh, organization, but it's still obviously the Earl for my page. It's the easiest way to find me. So facebook.com slash MBK International. It'll pull up Dan and Kayla Oskopinski. And uh, or or through Derek's page because he tags me and stuff sometimes, you know, so you could just click the link and come to my page. Um, just kind of seeking the Lord right now. He's lining up different things. Like I said, we're, my family's getting ready to move back to the state. So but just connect with me just like Derek. I mean, I, I'm, anybody who knows me knows where to find me 24 seven. Send me a message and I, I get back to you yeah. quick. Yep. If you need a prayer, if you want to make a phone call and talk to me or just shoot me a message. Yeah. And uh, that simple guys and just to answer a question really quick uh 
Kanto, I did see your uh, question about, do I have plugs? Yeah, I'm wearing plugs. I have uh, three-quarter gauges, perfect size for me. Uh, he said he's just starting out that process. That's a journey, too. Cool process. But, um, yep, three-quarters. Stretched mine up to, I had it at an inch and uh, messed my ears up pretty bad. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't good. I had a, what they call a blowout. It's not good. Yeah, be careful with it, man. But more power to you, brother. We'll be back hopefully this evening. And if you guys are, are listening to this on YouTube, please go and subscribe on iTunes. We're on iTunes if you have an iPhone or if you have an Android, you can go to any of the podcasting apps and there's a link in the description to do that. Just click that link, subscribe to us there. That's where all the, the stats and everything go. And you'll never miss an episode if you subscribe there and it helps with our numbers too. So share this link, share this link out. And if you want to help, if you want to support, you can go to patreon.com backslash trueseeker to get unreleased music and sign up for any donation amount a month. Anything helps, man. Like I said, I got like 14,000 fans on Facebook and if everybody gave a dollar, like how much would that be a month? That'd be yeah. a, we could do a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. We could do a lot of stuff. And, and, and we want to. We, we have a vision. We have uh, plans to c come out there and see you guys and do stuff on the road as well. And that would help fund what we're doing with the music and with the podcast and just help us make this stuff um, readily available to you because it all costs money. Thanks yeah. so much for everybody who is doing it. Special thanks to Carolyn Craighead, who is this uh, the newest subscriber that we have on the membership. Thank you so much. I love each and every one of you guys. We'll say peace and shalom, and we will be back in a few hours. Shalom, shalom. Keep praying. God is like. Cool. That was good. Oh, yeah. We could have kept going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hours. So, like. Oh, for man. so like now for uh brandon if he wants to do it tonight he has to download zoom yeah install zoom on it yeah but it's little though he probably has that. i mean he's freaking broadcasting out on every freaking platform right now too yeah it's little hey jesse you there hey what's up hey brother how's it going yeah man thanks for yeah thanks for connecting with us man no problem. I've been meaning to do it for a while. It just took me a while to get around to it. Eh? Been uh, busy, busy, busy. I heard that, yeah. man. Totally. Yeah. Big fan of the music, though. I like your hey, work. Hey, man. Now. Thanks so much. You yeah. sound like a wise elder. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it anyways. All right? Yeah. So... Yeah. All right, brother. We're probably we're probably gonna be back live tonight if you want to call back in, hang out. All right, I just might do that. All right, brother. All right. You stay up, man. Nice talking to you guys. Eh? All right, peace, peace. Yeah, keep the shiny side up. Bye. Long. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.